0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the law section of our Tau Codex review, where we actually sing the praises of the Tau Codex, which admittedly we did last time, but damn it, these praises must be sung. Any contribution from my co-host? Nope. <laughs> good to know. Just songs of praise. Just songs of praise. Okay, basically, we mentioned, we hinted at it last week, the lore in this book is proper fucking good. It's partially because the Tao have generally pretty good-ish law in that it's kind of well thought out, etc. And there's the full history there, rather than having you know, huge swathes kept in mystery. But this book did a good job with that. Shall we? Shall we begin? Are you excited?
1: I have to be honest with you guys. I am a little bit ill. A little bit ill. I got like a sore throat. I'm enthused for the Tao. My soul. Is screaming yes. Know, look,
0: we, we've got we've got more enthusiasm and screaming yes for the news <laughs> section at the end of this, which because I'm guessing you ought to keep that format.
1: Yep. Yeah. Keep, keep the news at the end.
0: Stick around for the news. We're hyped.
1: My f- first general comment for the law for the law of the town Yep. Is that this is a piece of restoration art.
0: You now, may have to quantify that statement. I will not. I will not. That's all I'll say. <laughs> That's all right.
1: I'll say but back in the day when we started f- first guys in Warhammer yep the setting was grim fucking dark yep and 8th edition so far yep has been like a sprinkle of fantasy a sprinkle of whimsy if you will yeah is in for example Reboot Gilliman
0: removes all grimdark. dark from the setting. He's, Absolutely. He's the best, greatest space Jesus, which we don't feel is too appropriate for the setting of 40k. We preferred it when it was more. Well, you go back to when the, the Primarchs were originally around. Yep.
1: You know, they all had flaws, they all fell out, they all did this, they all did yep. that. Reboot Gilliman is just space Jesus.
0: <laughs> this is meant to be a review of the Tau lore No, contest, no, no. And we have immediately turned into complaining about Reboot Gilliman. <laughs> this, this, this may is... actually be a record for us.
1: <laughs> I don't think it is.
0: Yeah, this this is all important though. Yep, because that is
1: bad law. Yep, and that is bad new law, which yep. is coming to us. Yep, and the future is dark, but not in the right way. As in the way it looks at the minute. Yep, reboot Gilliman yep. is going to unite the world.
0: Yep, everyone will sing "Kumbaya," holding onto each other's dicks. What a great time it will be! I'd but it m- won't be forty k. <laughs> well, you know, there's going to be some people opposed to the everyone standing their dicks in hand idea there is there There's, is tau. the Tau. the Tao. the
1: town the bastion of hope i am putting all of my spirit into the Tao. because this have you been law taking prescription
0: painkillers again happen
1: <laughs> too many some would say or oh, not, not enough, enough. <laughs> this law this law is so fucking good in my opinion yeah and like, let, let's just clarify before we begin yeah there are a lot of people that hate this law
0: I don't know. If there's a lot who hate this law. It's just more that this law wasn't mentioned enough when the codex came out, and that everyone there was the outrage that some things were changed or weren't changed, and the law got brushed over by a lot of people.
1: However, there was hate for the law. There was hate for the law. There was that hate has, for the law because yeah. classically, when Tower first released, yep, they were technically the good faction. They yep. were the faction that were singing "Kumbaya." Come join us. Dicks in hand. We will relieve you of the burden of the Imperium. Yeah. And a lot of people liked that because there was hope in the dark setting. Yep. And I'm not saying that there shouldn't be hope in the dark setting.
0: Yeah, it works because they're a small faction. If they were a huge faction that was just morally good, then I'd have a problem with it. Yeah. As they're a small faction, it was fine. And now, this book has made them far more grimdark. Less grimdark than Seventh did, actually. Well at least the Far Enclaves painting how the uh painted the Yeah, we'll we, we will mention
1: seventh edition Tower Law. Yep. Briefly. Because I feel that does that that is a great example because it will polarise you. Yep. Uh from this book.
0: Yeah. Which
1: is great. Okay. So, so sorry, my, no, my leading no, no, statement. Your, your, your my leading statement your final part of the my leading final statement. Final part of the leading statement. <laughs> yeah. Is this book is fucking fantastic, in my opinion, because it is grimdark. Yeah. And it's grimdark in a way by the way, I used to collect dwarves for fantasy. Now, before 8th edition fantasy dwarves, some people won't know what that is. Basically, before Age of Sigmar, there was something good. There was a good game. Uh-huh. Um, some people may not know. Some people don't know. Anyway, and uh-huh. the dwarves in that, they were dying. They were just dying. There was no bright star in the sky. It was just dark. It was just dark for the dwarves, and I collected them. Yep. And it pissed me off that there was no hope. There yep. was no light. But you go out swinging, and that yep. was cool. Whereas the Tau, they managed to do it so that it's dark, but there is also a bright
0: hope. Oh yeah, like that. It's really well done. Is is that the end of your opening statement? That's the end of my rant. Okay, so we have the law. Like the, the Tau law begins basically when the Tau started using sticks to fight each other with. That's that's not a law voice. Do a law voice. The Tau Empire's first origins can be traced back to when they first fought with sticks. Different areas on the planet led to different kinds of Tau, almost different species, but not quite. On the plains you had the Firecast, larger, more muscular, more built for war. Up in the mountains, I believe, maybe not, but we'll go with it for now. The Aircast with the lighter bones, uh, adapted to flight, fast, messenger-type people. At least they were messengers when it came to the age of fighting in castles, which is a natural conclusion for any intelligent species, apparently. <laughs> Castle means king. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we then have the water cast who live near water, etc. And the earth cast who built shit. I like now, the earth cast. I have to say, the earth cast resonates with me. As an engineer, yes. <laughs> they do resonate with you. So basically as i said you may not be able to understand from the insaneness but yeah, the tower basically evolved into almost different species but not quite depending on which area they were, because the tower races are very very adaptable like they evolved very quickly and this then led to massive amounts of inviting because the tower very very intelligent they advanced very quickly quickly through technology etc and fought pretty much all the damn time and it got to a ridiculous point where they have their huge fuck-off castles at points, um, waging wars, having sieges, and it got to a stage where there's just huge amounts of uh, combination of the. It wasn't quite overpopulation then, but there was huge amounts of disease, etc., happening, a lot of them being wiped out from warfare, and there was a real risk that the tower were going to be wiped out through their own sort of warlike tendencies. Dicking around. Dicking around. Their dick waving contest
1: almost cost them their lives.
0: At which point, the Ethereals appeared out of nowhere, the fifth cast. They literally appeared from the sky. And I think it was a war between two factions, two major factions. Um, one theorist went to one, one theorist went to another. And they pretty much just turned up at the gates and said, open the doors. And the guys just couldn't help it and just let them. And they walked in. They went and spoke to the leaders and went, look, change the they way you're doing this. Compelled. They felt compelled to. Now. It's the purpose of the binds <laughs> Vis-a-vis. To, <laughs> vis-a-vis. To break down... A bit of that Before before we And basically from there They then managed to unify that bit And then sort of spread out And unify the planet over time Bringing them Not under the rule of the Ethereals But under the Rather Guiding light Guiding light of the Ethereals
1: The watchful gaze Because
0: the Tao community Not the Tao community The Tao as a species Believe that They are all completely equal That it That's the So no one will say that You know an Ethereal is more important than them It's just an Ethereal has a lot more sway than them
1: <laughs> Yes
0: which is nice. Um, now, there's a few theories as to what, why, uh, where the Ethereals came from. Communism! <laughs> the pure communism. Communism manifested in the warp. <laughs> it birthed them. <laughs> and it birthed them. No. Um, basically, there was actually some very heavy-handed hints given out when the book, I think it was Xenos Biologies, came out in the early 2000s. Yeah. Which basically spoke about different Xenos races, and uh, it was a, like an inquisitorial look at them. As in, it was the Inquisition, like, their analysis of this, that, the other. And it was heavily implied that... In a bit, Basically, now in a moment we'll explain how they went to space. Spoiler, they went to space. What? <laughs> yeah. They basically found on their moon a bunch of uh, ships from another species, which they then used to develop most of their engines. Now, it's theorised that a species deliberately left that there to help uplift them. Um, heavily implied to be the Eldar. Uh, who also heavily implied to have created the Ethereals. Now, I don't know if this law has really been touched since, but that's how it was.
1: I would like to raise a red flag. Which is? I'm not keen on this law. Why not? Because it robs the Tao of their ingenuity.
0: It does rob them of their own sheer badassery. Going
1: going back on them a second. Yep. I loved it when the Imperium left the tower yep. because the tower world was cut off by warp storms. Yeah, because the
0: Imperium was watching. Yeah, they, they did find them and go. They're a bit warlike, but they mean nothing for now. We'll wipe them out at some point, but they're not important just yet.
1: Yeah, and I believe it was a warp storm for like five thousand years. I want to say, and it then sometime it cleared. Yeah, and at which point the tower were this spacefaring, uh, ingenious species, yep. united uh, and fully functioning society. Yeah, which I thought was awesome. It, it is I, awesome. I'm never really a fan. Again, yeah. coming from Fancy, I never really liked this whole, ah, yes, but the elder races meddled and waved their magic wands, and that set up the future players in the game that would I... then wipe them out of their own game. <laughs>
0: I usually agree. Fuck off. <laughs> I usually agree, but at this point, it's fairly hard and fast fact that the Tau found ships on their moon.
1: And okay, but but just make them a space wreck.
0: Yeah. Just make it something... Uh, they found in space. Non-deliberate. Ships.
1: Yeah. Because, come on, the Eldar, there's no way the Eldar would just give their, their ships to well, someone.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I know the Eldar the, the
1: Eldar are meant to be pompous, prideful yeah. arseholes.
0: On the other hand, if there's some who are desperate to try and fight chaos, the Tau are a pretty good option. Because the Tau, fun fact for you all, they don't actually have much of a presence in the warp. Like, they, their souls just don't really matter. Which becomes a lot more important in more recent lore, which is fucking awesome and metal as fuck. We'll get there. I will be twanging a guitar like fucking crazy. <laughs> yep. And so there's the argument why the Eldar would actually want the tower to be uplifted. And to finish off the bit about the Xenobiology book, they basically... How about Fuck it. There was a race of spiders, which actually meant to be fairly huge, but has never really been addressed since, which was kind of a hive mind, but was basically led by a bunch of drones, and then there was queens who governed them. And they mentioned that a queen had gone missing, and the Empire was kind of going crazy and starting to lash out. And then shortly after the Ethereals appeared... And the Queen's controlled uh, the rest of the drones through forms of mind control. Then the Ethereals turn up with not proven mind control, but just an extreme amount of persuasive persuasive ability with other Tau. Maybe they're really good erotic dancers. It's a possibility. We're just throwing ideas out there. I mean,
1: you have to do a lot of erotic dancing to take over a planet. Trust me. Trust
0: me. (laughs) I'm getting there, but.
1: One pub at a time. Matthew McConaughey is our emissary for that. (laughs) (laughs) And if he can't do it
0: well, we're all fucked. Yep. Go on, Matthew. Okay, so... (laughs) When they unified the Tau, the technological breakthroughs they were experiencing pretty fucking quickly, considering just accelerated stupidly quickly all of a sudden... Um, and he got to the point where overcrowding became a huge problem because, you know, healthcare suddenly became amazing. All kinds of stuff became amazing. So the Ethereals then went, basically went, look, to the stars. Let's go yeah! spread. <laughs> Pretty much, let's go spread the greater good. greater good. The greater good. Greater good and be badass. Now, in that process, like, we're not even in space yet. The Tao Law is in depth and it's awesome. Before going to oh, space. Sorry.
1: Go on. I would just like to say, all other codices look at this. Yes. Death Guard! Death Guard! <laughs> it's not about all Matarian, Mortarian, as some say. Is <laughs> it? Imagine if the whole Tau Codex was just about Onvar, or however you say his name. Space Pope. Onvar. Space Pope. Yeah. It'd be bloody shite. He
0: turns up in various places, but... In he... purposeful ways. In purposeful Other than ways.
1: Onvar designed every chair in the galaxy. Also, Why? the chairs
0: don't work in the Death Guard Codex, which is hilarious. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the one thing that he made is fucking. Well, it's great, but it's also.
0: <laughs> not that good at its own. Well, it should be better, basically. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, it's flawed. Yeah. Tau Codex, continuing. Um, <laughs> Notwithstanding. Yeah. yeah. Basically, the, the Ethereals took the already fairly different, not species, but different sort of types of Tau. Factionals. Factionalized. Uh. So. He, he then made them into the cast system and went, look, there's the fire cast, people who come from the planes, they are our warriors. We have the water cast, They are our negotiators and like, did I say dealers? Not quite. Uh, negotiators, traders, etc. The earth cast, who are the engineers, and the air cast who I think were messengers, but then when they went to space they became all the pilots in their spaceships. Quite a serious fucking
1: upgrade, I would say.
0: Quite. Yeah, I would be so fucking happy if you get yeah.
1: this. This is a message for that other space
0: city. Oh, great.
1: Now take this massive bomber and blow some shit. Fuck yeah! Smoke on this big one. <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: is, that is what I would say, where I are, bomber pilot, about to bomb a bomber city. <laughs> Moving on. Now, the, the fire warriors got a little bit unruly because as as the, the fire cast became a bit unruly because they were used to warfare, that's what they were good at, and they started looking at the rest of the tower going, these weak bastards, why are we serving them? Kind of. Not so much the ethereals, but everyone else. And so the... Ethereals formed the Code of Fire, which is basically what all tower warfare is based on. Like this Code of Honor, etc., which was based in the, uh, the traditional um, Firecast people's traditions to try and keep them in line. There were two main schools of thought. Yeah, we we've not getting we have not got to space yet, but this is important.
1: <laughs> this is all the fucking groundwork we'll ever need.
0: Yeah, there there was two main schools of thought: Montka and Kuyon which are based off of two different hunting practices in the ta- with the Tau. Montcar being the swift strike, where you just basically turn up rapidly and kill the thing quickly. And Kuyon, which is, you are the patient hunter, gets the prey. So set traps, etc. let them come to you, or just spend ages slowly tracking them. And wearing them down. And wearing them down. Um, I think, do we mention pure tide now? No, we mention pure tide a bit later. Let, let's get into space. Let's get into space. So they begin what is known as the, now the first sphere expansion. Because when the tower expand, they expand in spheres into space around them. Now, my notes are quite smaller, so I have to, have to lean in and try and... Oh, good God.
1: I don't know why I'm... Running oh, I see.
0: Sorry. Uh, like uh, I had to make... I've made spider diagrams for all of this, and some of it started overlapping because I was running out of space. Okay. <laughs> it's
1: basically you know in those TV shows where they come in and uh, there's all the bits of paper like taped up around the room and there's the red string between the wall and they say what does it all mean? <laughs> it took the deck Just five years to work out. Pretty much just
0: all about Warhammer. Yep, yeah, that's that's exactly what this is. Okay, so they started uh, expanding, and started um, what was even that even to say? Oh yeah, sorry. They started expanding, started inducting other worlds into their sort of fold. So starting to gently gently bring them over to their side. And the way they do this is usually with the Watercast. Watercast go out and then start negotiating, etc. And then basically go, hey, look, the tower are like, really cool. And they'd slowly bring him on board.
1: Well, that is actually important because basically think that they're appealing to Imperial Worlds where yep. life is shite. Yep. Life is shite on the Imperial world. You are a dog. You know, you work like a slave. Yep. You have no money. You have no life. Yep. You know, everything is cold, cruel steel. Yep. Or, you know, agri-work, hard, back-breaking labour. Yep. The tower offer technology. Yeah. They offer a future. They yep. offer unity. They offer purpose for you, as opposed to just being a cog
0: in an impossible-to-imagine Yeah. mechanism. This huge impersonal machine that is basically built to make you suffer. The tower offer friendly experience, yeah.
1: So, I mean, just saying, yep. I would gladly walk into that fold. Yeah,
0: and... Right. And worlds do. Like, this comes up a bit later, but worlds definitely do. But it, it doesn't just say, like, they were all just perfectly negotiated. No, no, the tower would actually, if people sort of said, maybe not, maybe one want to remained independent, the tower would go, oh, okay. And then annihilate various key places across the planet, be it like key cities or like power stations or dams, etc. So all of a sudden, just imagine uh, a huge section of the planet just suddenly without water or power and have their military forces crippled, which when the tower would go, would you like to reconsider joining the Tau Empire? Yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome.
1: Again, this is something that people resisted. Yep. People didn't like it that Tau were being forceful. Yep. However, you do have to remember that the Imperial worlds are also dogmatic and religious. This
0: wasn't really Imperial at this stage. They haven't okay, really but, got but to even,
1: even like Feral worlds. Yeah. Feral worlds, that you know, they'll be dogmatic. They'll have, Some of them even have AI masters. Yeah. You know...
0: There's also numerous alien worlds, etc. Like, alien
1: worlds, yeah.
0: There's pl- plenty of these worlds. A wouldn't want to join the Town Empire. And the Town Empire, they kind of see it as their divine destiny to expand out across the stars and bring unity to the galaxy. And they will bring that unity, but by God, don't get in their way. Which is great shit. They basically managed to get eight systems in this first sphere of expansion. And what they do is they spend ages... Every time they expand, they spend ages gathering up all the resources to build all the ships they need to expand out and all the fuel. Then they expand out and they basically go, holy shit, we need to rebuild. We need to build everything, then build up resources again. They managed to get eight systems, including uh, Tau itself, the original planet they were on. While doing so, they also bumped into the Orcs for the first time. Orcs! I believe they are made for fighting and winning. Some now, would say yes. <laughs> others, yes. Yes. Now, originally, the Tau never gave up the idea that they could convert everyone. Whereas in this book, they said the orcs were the first race they said were unsavable. Which, <laughs> Which is just awesome. It, I love it's that. It's awesome. It's correct. Also, I love that. there's a point where no matter how idealistic you are, you have to accept the fact the orcs aren't going to join in because, like, yeah, they sent a bunch of watercast um, people to go negotiate, and the orcs just sent their heads back laughing. Not quite, their heads, the heads. Quite
1: the animatronics.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Animatronics.
1: I yeah. love that because the orcs are made for war. They are bred for war. They live for war. Yeah, that is all they have. There's is no way. War. They could, yeah,
0: and th- this is like one of the most iconic things for the Tau, is their war with orcs, and it is an awesome war because the, the, the orcs have had numerous times throughout the history. It's just fantastic image as well. They are both quite like desert planets. It's great shit, um, and that's why they, they've developed a policy with the orcs of either kill them or isolate them. Where you have to either try and wipe them all out, which doesn't work, or build an isolation zone of a few, like, sectors wide, and, hope, and stay quiet, and hope they don't wander over. Neither one always works. And you guys had a way to, to say, yeah, neither one's foolproof. You're like, good. Good. It's also when they found the Cruit. Um, and basically, the crew were having massive. Uh, they were in a huge war with the Orcs, and the tower themselves were having problems because they. Yeah, they're expanding from one planet, taking quite a lot. They haven't got enough ground force. so they needed something else to try and boister. Bolster. Bolster their own forces. Bolster. Yeah. For anyone who didn't know what
1: we are talking about there, bolster.
0: Boister, isn't that a word? No. Yeah, it is. Boister. Yeah. I'll have to get a dictionary. But... <laughs> get that dictionary. Yeah, so anyway, they see the crew and go, okay, here's a fine opportunity to actually get some allies and help, that's my notes, help fight the orcs. And they did. They basically managed to help the crew fight off the orcs, and then brought the crew into helping the other wars. But they don't like the crew much, because, well, a first of all they had, they paid for the crew service, which is interesting. Like they're like the only race they haven't like properly just got your ours now. Because even like with the Vespids, there's debates, I say debates. The codex hints that they may, when they handed them uh, devices, basically gave them devices that the vespid communicate with the tau, uh, only like their leaders or squad leaders, etc. And the Codex implies that those same devices actually are brain control devices <laughs> didn't make the Vespid more amicable, shall we say. Whereas the crew, they actually paid them to serve as mercenaries, and they still do. They still uphold that, bizarrely. They still pay them. But yeah, they don't like them because of their cannibalistic nature and the way they eat their opponents. The Tau think this is awfully nasty. But they hope they can change them.
1: Yep. Hope for the lesser man.
0: Yep. Which is all pretty damn awesome. Okay. Again,
1: I, I do really like things where it's not just clear-cut, Yeah. such as using them as mercenaries. I, yeah. I do really like that, because yeah. that just adds flavour. Yeah. Just adds flavour.
0: It also adds a bit more depth to the tower, rather than, we just love everyone and everything. It's like, well, they're not keen on them, but the fact or, we still have hope for them. Or they enslave them. Or they just enslave them, yeah. And they
1: didn't enslave the crew. Yeah.
0: Like, they don't Which do it if nice. they don't
1: have to. There's
0: currently a dog currently There's currently, there's currently <laughs> two <laughs> dogs. We don't know if you can hear that. Like, historically speaking, whenever there's been a dog fight, you can't hear it on the podcast, but... We hear dogs yapping and it's hard to concentrate. Anyway, like, they, they only really use, like, mind control and stuff if they have to. Which is interesting. They're not just, wow, we can, so we will. And that that expansion to take those eight systems around them took one millennia. Yep. It took a fucking long time. you about to say something, were you, or?
1: No, no, I just made myself laugh because I thought at least it's not cockfighting. <laughs>
0: at <laughs> least those rampant
1: cockfights have stopped breaking out in the middle of the
0: alley. Where we like to record the Brothers Grim. <laughs> <Dark. laughs> in our office, the alley. Second Sphere expansion. Okay. This is, I think, Pure Tide turned up maybe in the first one, maybe in the early stage of the second one. Now, Pure Tide is the most famous Tau Commander, lawwise. wise he was an absolute bamf, in that we mentioned earlier Montecar and Kuyon as the two schools of thought when it came to, based on hunting, then it became the military doctrine, basically do you study Montecar and Kuyon as the two schools of thought as how warfare should be waged. Pure was the only person who managed to go, why not both? A revolutionary thought, <laughs> but somehow he did it. And he was such a fucking awesome commander, and so good at fighting wars with the Orcs, etc., that the Tau actually have statues of him about the place, now and again. Which, considering this is a society which just celebrates... Unity. Unity and They're community, not and not, not the individual. individual. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> we are becoming Tau. Um, it, the the codex points out, this is incredible that it happens. You go, yeah, that is incredible. That's a really cool way of highlighting how awesome this guy is without just going, he shot, he blew them up, he detonated things. <laughs> it,
1: it also... uh yeah. It also does the nice thing of saying that uh the Tao themselves don't lose all their personality yeah. into this whole yeah. unity engine. Yeah. You yeah. know, because they will still celebrate mm. a leader. And yep. if they were all sort of mind controlled, if they were all, you know, one homogenous entity, yeah. there would be no celebration of yeah. the hero. So it's a nice way of reminding you that the Tao are still individuals and yeah. still yeah. people.
0: Yeah. Quote unquote dirty fish people. <laughs> Leave the fish people alone. Okay. The second sphere happened, a few more planets, but the, the big thing here, the thing which everyone remembers, the most important thing here, is the Damocles Gulf. Hell to the yes. Damocles, uh, Damocles? <laughs> <Damakees>. Damocles! Damake. <laughs> Damocles Gulf <laughs> is fucking amazing. It's Basically, w- it's war. It was a forgotten section of the Imperium. There was an area to the left of the Tau Empire. To use galactic terminology, it was to the left of them. Which Is was that port? I won't say port. Fuck it, it doesn't matter. To the left of them. Basically an area which Starboard. had Starboard. There was no <laughs> No, no there's nothing. There's just a huge gulf, hence the name. And they sort of crossed that A lack of planets, lack yeah. of asteroids, lack of almost anything. And only with an upgrade to engines, etc. could they actually make it across the gulf. Which they then do. And they obviously didn't expand out immediately with the entire. They sort of expand everywhere, force. They sent out a few diplomats and spies, etc., to find out what was there. And it was a few like alien worlds and quite a lot of imperial worlds. Some of which were part of the Imperium. A lot of them weren't. It was a, a lot of them were just forgotten about. And as the they went on, yeah, they initially found forgotten planets, then got to like imperial planets. And they didn't just turn up and invade. They did a lot of careful manipulation, not manipulation, persuasion, coercion, where. Watercast uh, negotiators turns up and slowly start trade deals and trading with all of them over time, making all these planets quite dependent on the tower technology. And then they turn up and go, hey, look, why don't you join us? And a lot of people do, because the tower nicer to live with than the Imperium. Albeit as long as you believe what they do, which is what the Imperium does anyway, so... You may as well. Then the hammer came down... (laughs) The Titanic Bulls of the Imperium, which was nothing compared to the actual size of the Titanic Bulls of the Imperium. A tiny bit of the Imperium came over and smashed the shit out of the tower.
1: I think it was quite a few Space Marine chapters, yep. accompanied by millions of Imperial Guard. Yeah,
0: which is the same as being accompanied by a few swabs of toilet paper. But
1: law-wise, oh yeah, law-wise, the Imperial Guard are there just to absorb bullets for the. They're Space there Marines. to give,
0: yeah, to give, They're there to make bigger numbers for the uh, body count, basically. That's, that's what it is. We need
1: more impressive body counts. Yeah. Send the
0: Imperial Guard. It's a morale booster for Space Marines to realise how much better they are. That's true. Yeah. It's true.
1: It, no, it makes for good uh, promotional material. Does they it? Just, they film millions of guardsmen dying in yeah. a one Space Marine without even armour on, taking the entire position <laughs> from behind. Right. That's why I got banned from the, the local games. <laughs>
0: I My can fan see why films he... were too graphic Not to mention the fact you modelled every space marine completely naked and turgid To use the Spartan terms <laughs> Use the <a> Spartan terms <laughs> Okay, it was 19 regiments of Imperial Guard and 5 uh, Is it chapter of space marine? Yeah. Companies, sorry companies. 5 companies Oh, 5 companies? Yep
1: That's nothing
0: Yep What?
1: I told you. I thought the damage. I thought it was massive. I thought it was way more than. I thought it was several thousand Space Marines. No, <laughs> it was a few hundred.
0: I, I I will check it. I will check the com. I will check and see how many companies it was. Okay, well that's just insulting. Also, it insane. wouldn't be the entire Might of the Tower. Let's be fair here. Let's be fair.
1: Yeah, not the entire Might of the Tower.
0: It would only be yeah five precision five provisional companies of Space Marines made up from a dozen chapters.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. So five hundred Space Marines. And maybe a million guardsmen.
0: I don't Who know, really how, cares, I don't know
1: like... how many regiment. I don't give
0: up. Yeah, no one does. No. Uh, <laughs> so they turned up. A hammer came down. And the tower were unprepared. Most of their forces were the other side of the gulf as well. You have to remember this. There was only a section of the third sphere expansion was across this gulf. Second sphere. Second sphere. Yeah. yeah. And the Imperium bitch slapped them back across the gulf. They just went, nope, pushing them, them back, pushed them back, pushed them back, pushed them back, off all the worlds, pushed them back across the gulf, follows them across... The Gulf, because the Imperium of Man was upset, and yeah, pushed them back across Tower Worlds to Delith, which is one of the major septs. Like all the like faction bonuses in the Tau book are from the first eight systems they got in the first sphere. This is one of them, where the Tau finally managed to hold the line, with the number of like you know, just a a shit ton of strongholds and actual uh, firing lines, and also a lot of lightning strikes from crisis suits and so on, being led by our good old friend Shadowson and Farsight. Which are the two
1: new heroes, the
0: pupils yeah. of Pure Tide. The Banfrey mentioned earlier, those were two of his pupils. Yeah. They're his two best pupils at that as well. Now, I will make a
1: brief interjection. I There's... love that law. Yep. And a lot of people hate this type of law because people hate seeing their faction lose in any format. Yeah, Like, we lost one battle, well, fuck it, we're now pieces of shit that rub turd up our asses. It's pretty weird, it's pretty graphic.
0: We've both collected chaos, so we're kind of used to having our faction lose everything
1: they take (laughs) part in. Well, the 4th edition Imperial Guard Codex, I will never forget (laughs) it, because I had the Space Marine Codex first, then I read the Imperial Guard one. Yeah. The Space Marine was like, we won here, we won there, we beat our chests over here, and the trumpets are mighty. 4th edition Imperial Guard. Well, we died, we died, we held up the enemy so long with our dead bodies
0: <laughs> that, that the, the space, space range, range turned, turned up. <laughs> that was every law won. entry, wasn't it? Yeah, basically. Maybe even like the Chimera. The Chimera was great because in this battle it clogged the lines with its carcasses for the space range to arrive. Fuck off.
1: Yeah, we, we managed to produce so many Chimeras we just dropped them from low orbit <laughs> full of <laughs> crew members because fuck it, with the Imperial Guard. <laughs> like, just dropping LAS guns on the enemy was more effective than fighting them. <laughs> it was so stupid. Anyway.
0: Yeah. So we're used to having our factions. We're, we're used to having some pretty, and,
1: pretty salty stuff. Well,
0: we we don't, we don't think Chaos loses a bit much. Point in case being the... Well, Felberdon. Felberdon being the prime example. And that's Abaddon with his 13 Crusades of, no, I'm really doing something. No, I no, promise. this time I swear. This time it's the big one. Actually, uh-huh. I, you know what? It's going to be the 13th, because that's like a bad number. All the others were just testers. He obviously got to like 8th. And then decided... <laughs> he was like, well, fuck it. it, it it's probably 13th then. Maybe on the 10th he, he was about to win and went... I've done the whole I think that prophecy a, of the 13th thing. I think that was a Blackstone Fortresses one. I think oh, the dear. Forms. Anyway.
1: Yep. But before that, yep. I just want to say, this is a general overview of lore. People hate it when their faction loses. They absolutely hate it. Yep. However, this is really cool. Yep. Because the town lose... Okay, they lose a fair amount of progress. They yep. lose a fair amount of worlds. Only in one bit of the expansion. In one bit of the expansion. Yep. And this is like a mighty force of the Imperium, because 500 Space Marines is probably enough to stop any demon incursion that's ever incurred. <laughs> Three Space Marines other a twig than
0: enough to stop any bloody uh, demon invasion. Yeah, basically. So. But anyway,
1: you know, th- this is a hard response. Tau have never fought them before. Yep. But they, they don't lose one of their crown worlds. No, nope, they don't lose anything important. And they do stop them in a bloody awesome
0: fight. And yep. the Space Marines pushing back across the Gulf awesome stuff. is so fucking cool. It also like, d- did a great bunch of stuff for actually defining how the Tau thought for the next while. Because this was a huge blow to the Tau, because they've never actually encountered that kind of... before. No, like, but up until that point, the Tau ascension, as soon as the Ethereals turned up, was just smooth sailing. It was complete. Like, the Orcs were a bit of an a problem, but they were able to deal with them. A bit of a big green turd in the old fan pipe. Indeed. <laughs> but the Imperium of Man was something else entirely. And you have also some really cool lore stuff when it basically goes like, look... The space marines actually quite like fighting the Tau. Like, they kind of respect them, even though they're filthy xenos races. Out of the like, they they have a code of honor system. They actually are you know, regimented and disciplined. That's all civilized. Cool to see. civilized,
1: civilized enemy, which is quite nice. I
0: civilized think. and also well trained, warlike, etc. The space marines, oh pardon me, like seeing. But you do have a bit where it mentions one Inquisitor is absolutely fucking terrified of the Tau. Not so much because of their advanced technological nature, which. He's scared. They're of, superior technology. They're stronger technologies. Stronger technologies. He's more afraid of their wide usage of AI, because their hopeful uh, empire building, etc., is very reminiscent of uh, mankind before the fall into the age of strife. Do you mean the age of darkness or the age of strife? Uh, which one was the AI one?
1: I think the age of darkness is the AI. Okay, but case... basically AI would rise against the humans
0: and cause massive problems. Mars yep. was mostly destroyed by AI. Yep may still have some crazy eye stuff going on under the surface which is awesome
1: I mean Mars is meant to be an absolute chaos I mean we'll do
0: that another day yeah
1: Mars is awesome but it's cool uh, stuff cool but stuff
0: but yeah so th- having a quiz to be afraid of them for that reason is inventive as shit because
1: it's really cool it, it, yeah. it is it is knowing full well what the tower are about yeah and then saying okay what would the Imperium yeah now th- I want to say that is because that's really important yeah I don't think this is a piece of new law, by the way I don't think this is for the new codex mm. I think this is well established yeah I really love that bit of lore, because in modern law, yep. we get a lot of, it's a corn army. What are they doing? Well, they're securing the water supplies for for corn, and corn really likes water supplies. And the, the Imperium doesn't not really like corn. Now they're fighting. You yeah, know? It, it's like there's no interaction between the two cool factions. Yeah, like for example, when Mortarion fought Reboot. Yeah. How did Reboot defeat Mortarion? He just he had stronger tactics. He just, he just beat him. He just beat him with his soldiers. Yeah. That's no understanding of either side, that's yeah. just
0: there's a war. Yeah.
1: Whereas Tao it's it's actually thoughtful. Well, yeah. They, which it,
0: I really love. The Inquisition got that. The Tao actually managed to get some Imperial Tech while doing this. Which some of it was very useful. And one of the best bits of lore, which I love the most in this book, they got a warp engine. And it pissed them off to no end. <laughs> because A, it doesn't really work according to material laws properly. And B, all the people they captured, sorry, found and spoke with at length.
1: Astropaths and things yeah. like that.
0: <laughs> they got infuriated because they weren't looking at it in a scientific manner. They had these strange rituals and lit candles when discussing it. And they couldn't explain why it worked or how it worked. They didn't fucking know. They were yeah. idiots maintaining this technology <laughs> they didn't understand. And the tower got very pissed off about this. Like, yes.
1: It's awesome. That's brilliant. It's really awesome.
0: Yeah. Because that perfectly captures both parties, again, interacting in a way other than they shot each other. Yeah. God I love that bit. Okay. It's fucking good. It's fucking good. Um so after... second sphere. Second sphere's been blunted Isn't... and not in the good way. It's not It's not quite done yet.
1: It's not quite done yet.
0: No, no no. Because after that the the Malays struck the tower. Actually it didn't. The Malays was after the third sphere, but damn it they're a bit sad anyway. So Farsight. They had a bit of a job for Farsight and that a massive fuck off chord turned up again. ...and was causing a shit ton of problems. Um, oh no, sorry, that was... ...that's Shadow Sun. You can all have it. Farsight, they basically wanted him to go back... ...go across the Gulf and scout it out and try and reclaim bits of it if he could. That's what they wanted him to do. So they gave him a little, you know... say little, ...fairly large force. He's like the most... ...he's the biggest hero of the town have right now. He's the most recognisable commander. He's the, one of the best. And they sent him across the Gulf. And it wasn't a war against the Orcs. Oh sorry, he has a history of fighting orcs, has a long standing hatred of the orcs, and then bumps into the orcs across there. He manages to reclaim all the planets he needs to, barring the last one, and just as he's getting that last planet he gets distracted by the orcs and goes off sort of chasing them. Despite the Ethereals trying to contact him and asking him to come back. He just sort of drifts further and further away the whole time. Till their last contact with him was when he got into a fight on a planet which was not previously appearing by anything. It wasn't even against the Orcs. The Orcs went on this planet. Oh, no, sorry. He chased the Orcs there. And the Orcs managed to escape from this planet before the Tau got to them because they fought a mysterious foe. Which pretty much nothing is known about what they fought against, but what we do know is that all the Ethereals died when this happened. And the Orcs escaped before the Tau could find them. And that's how the pie lost contact with Commander Farsight. And then later, they sent sort of probes across the Gulf again, and found that he had actually set up his own enclaves out there. Much to their disappointment and sadness. Now. To briefly mention Seventh. Like, in this book, they sort of set it up to go, it's heavily implied he killed them. And heavily implied he went his own way, and he's not quite following the greater good exactly as the Ethereals prescribe it. In 7th, there was the Farsate Enclaves Codex, which basically painted the Tower Therials as a bunch of moustache-twirling villains, to the point where Puretide, the super-awesome dude we mentioned earlier, he became a bit of a hermit in his later life, and spent the entire time sort of trying to teach his combat styles and philosophy to his students. And there's a thing in the Tower Codex called the like, Pure Tide Engram Chip, where basically they tried to download his brain into an AI. And they sort of plugged the chip into his brain to slowly learn it, so that this AI could then teach future students. All fine and dandy. Then on the Farsight Uncledged Codex, they went, No. To get the chip back, we have to kill Puretide. And we must send Commander Farsight to go do it. He must go kill his master to reclaim the brain chip. Because we need the brain chip of and the master,
1: which we're going to get.
0: Yeah, when he dies soon, anyway. <laughs> and it would be better if we left it in him, so it got even better at its job. But no, we we kill we him. kill him now. And his last words to Commander Farsight was, "Don't trust them." So all this happened, and you go, "Well, this is dumb." I'm glad this book doesn't mention that. I'm glad this book sort of goes. Yeah, th- this is this reeks of prequels
1: Star Wars to me. <laughs> That's harsh. It really reeks of it, though. Yeah. You must kill your old master, who isn't exactly disloyal or anything, who we put this chip in his brain to learn his brain and so that we could copy him for future generations. But kill him, kill him now, before
0: he's dangerous. Then why are you copying his brain? I, I don't think he's dangerous, they just wanted the chip. Oh. It's that dumb. They just wanted they ju- the chip. Yeah, it's that dumb. So Varsapha had to go kill him. Yeah, and then Varsapha went and killed him. It's like, But in its current state, without mentioning that... There's enough of a reason to want to schism away from the town. Due to their rather oppressive regime.
1: Also the fact that... Before we get too far into it... Yep. Farsight is an absolute boy. Farsight's a... Bamf! Farsight is really cool. And the thing I, I like about Farsight... Yep. I don't know how, how much we'll get into it later on. Yep. But the thing I really like about him... Yep. Is Farsight is kind of... A real hero... Yeah, he's a real heroic figure yep. but they don't go as far as kind of like Manius Calgar, Reboot yeah. Gilliman they don't yeah. go, okay Farsight is this real hero but he's also like the best at everything yeah. that he ever looked at I, if he picked up a paintbrush he would paint
0: better than Jesus. This was always kind of the saving grace of people like Calgar um, or Abaddon is that they go Look, okay, these guys are super, super awesome. But they are not that good in the history of this universe because they're the Primarchs before. But because the Tau Codex has pure tide, it goes, okay, Farsight's awesome and really cool, but he's not the best we ever had. The best we ever had was this legendary figure who is not a part of the modern thing, which is great, it's awesome.
1: It's also a little bit of mythology as A little bit well. of mythology.
0: I love it when fictional settings actually have their own mythology amongst societies. And then, of course, Modern 40K goes, "Robot is back, space Jesus is here, and you go... Right.
1: <laughs> Good. Which reminds me. Uh we're going to do some episodes yeah at some point where we're going to give you our alternative look at the law and we're going to rewrite sections of law
0: that for this, you just hello. to listen to just to enjoy. Yeah. Like we're not well, saying like well, this is going to be the hard no, no, no. new fast law. No no, no. we'll just say look, okay, better way to rephrase that to make it sound a little bit less pretentious. <laughs> Rather than we'll just rewrite the entirety of the law, we'll just basically
1: no, no. Th- be- there's bits of the law which are bad and there's yeah. bits which we could improve but
0: basically you could just tweak it a little bit to go look here's how you make it a bit more grimdark here's a bit more in keeping with how 40k used to work because that's a lot of what our complaints are when it comes to modern 40k's law other than this book say so, is that modern 40k doesn't quite line up with the old law which is particularly chaos that's a big... And I don't know
1: I think there's a lot of loopholes that they don't even see and I don't yeah. care if it comes across as pretentious I don't give a fuck I'm going to rewrite bits <laughs> Spoiler, it's going to be contentious. For the,
0: pu- the purpose of your headcanon, with that out of the way, let's keep discussing the tower stuff. <laughs> um, that's the second sphere done.
1: Yep, and Farsight has left. Farsight He's made has made his left. own enclave. Yep.
0: Pure is undisclosed. Pure Tide has died, I believe, at this point. He's On- dead. Onvar, the space pope, was not quite the space pope at this point, but he was very, very influential. It going into the third sphere is when he became a space pope. Okay. Now, at the start of the third sphere, that's when the huge fuck-off wire turns up. And Shadow Sun is unfrozen. Now, Shadow Sun was mentioned of aided in the Damocles Gulf. I'm guessing that both... At that time, I'm guessing Purtide was alive, and Shadow Sun and Farsight were his pupils. At some point, Purtide dies, then Farsight is sent away, and a number of Purite's pupils were frozen to basically be used at a later stage if the Tower Empire was under, ever under grave threat, Shadowsun being one of them. This was grave threat, Shadowsun unfrozen. And she basically systematically dismantled the Ork <clears throat> Oh, pardon me. Oh, that was a horrific birth. Uh, I'm sorry. Basi- basically, huge, multiple systems. I think it's like 12 or so sectors, 12 systems. Which had orc incursions everywhere, and she was basically able to just turn up, el- eliminate key points, and tr- bring it in fighting, and just dismantle it as she goes. Great stuff. Fantastic. New hero for the Tower Empire, which they were in need of. The Tower propaganda, the Town News Machine, needed a new hero, and they found one. Now once they've cleared off the orc threat, they were ready for the next sphere of expansion. They had the resources gathered, they had new engines which were faster. They developed stasis chambers. So that the crew wouldn't age and die while flying across space. And this was the biggest armada they had yet. So they crossed the gulf again. <laughs> they expand everywhere else as well, but they go across the gulf again because... The revenge. The Tau. Like, they will be theirs. <laughs> they will have it. Now, they had already softened up multiple worlds with the water cast yet again. Um, some of which were Imperium. And they had reports that the Imperium was busy. That's part of the reason why they did this. The Imperium was busy with other matters, and they knew the hammer wouldn't be able to come down as hard as it did last time. Chiefly Armageddon. Chiefly Armageddon. Arma- third war for Armageddon. Turns out Armageddon's quite important. Because uh, when the Imperium do muster
1: a resistance to this third sphere expansion in the Democles Gulf... Spoiler. Spoiler. Uh, a lot of the reinforcements were actually drawn away to fight at Armageddon.
0: Awesome stuff. Yeah. Armageddon. Cool shit. Paving the way for Tau. Orcs, we did it again. <laughs> Next do everything and cock everything up as well. Okay, so it, it was incredibly easy, this one, because a lot of the worlds were ready to join because, as you said earlier, why wouldn't you join, a Tau, or join the Tau if you were in the Imperium? The Imperium is properly sharp. The Tau is better, albeit slightly more mind-controlling. It's just more subtle. I don't think its... it is
1: any more mind-controlling. I think if anything it's more overt with its mind control. Because the Imperium is dogma, the Imperium is worship yeah. the Emperor, you know, the the ecclesiarchy is all powerful, yeah. all consuming. Think yeah. Catholic Church at the height of its power. Yep. Yeah.
0: Basically that. I don't think you can draw any parallels between the Imperium of Man and the Catholic Church. I just did. <laughs> like there's no connection whatsoever. The Inquisition Oh my god. <laughs> Yes, there's mass at the Catholic Church. They have the Inquisition for yeah. fuck's sake. Uh,
1: <laughs> I thought you had just gone for a wobbly then. Like no, I, I, I was, I, I was trying
0: to troll you, but at which point you just it just didn't register. You I was just to
1: hit you with a pipe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> yeah, and not well, the good kind. I was avoiding making that joke. It's basically, no, I, I think they're still fairly subtle with the mind control aspect of things, or the quote-unquote re-education camps, which they do have.
1: Yeah, but I, I think it's definitely more overt.
0: As in you must be part of the greater good?
1: Yeah, as in because it's everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, But in, in a way, it's less sinister because it's less overt. It's more overt. Yeah, sorry.
0: it's just like the greater good is the way we do things. It's more sinister The what happens if you don't conform to the greater good. Or if you start yeah, acting yeah. up. Or if you don't uh, follow your place in society as is assigned.
1: It is a little bit scary. It but is. so is the Imperium of Man, yeah, really. Yeah, exactly. Like, I would, you will be crushed underfoot. I would be prefer either. Tower Worlds to Imperial Worlds. Yeah, because at least you'll be happy, you'll be healthy.
0: Yep Don't question anything <laughs> Fucking don't Keep your head down Yeah You know Because it is 1984 Yeah Awesome shit Awesome shit It is cool Okay so Shadow Sun Was an absolute boss Again Shadow Sun just is a boss Turns up and does it Fantastic Any any worlds with a bit of resistance She was able to bring him down Real fucking quick Claiming multiple sectors To her name once again There's also where The Riptide was revealed Like they had developed it They revealed it I think they also revealed The Ghost Kill at the same time albeit the ghost keel actually has an interesting history of being developed on what was a planet thought to be abandoned by everything, thought was to be a dead planet, where they hid the research facility, and they built the ghost keel in secret. They then mo- awesome. mobilised the ghost keel in secret during this. I, I think it was a secret in this one to begin with, and then they unveiled it proper unveiled. as a propaganda. Oh, no, I think that was in the second one, it Maybe in the second one or the start of this one. Either way, towards the end of this one, they revealed it as a new thing to go, look at our brand new technology as propaganda. Sorry, morale boosting stuff for the common man in the Tower Empire to go, look how fucking amazing we are. And it worked. Awesome Ghost Kill is
1: definitely a sexy thing to sell the Empire on. Yeah. Other thing. Yep. Just like to slip in here. Yep. Uh, Everyone talks about 40K, how it's a a male dominated hobby and model line. All that stuff. it, It is. Shadow Sun. Shadow Sun. Shadow Sun's a lady. She a lady. She's a lady.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa! She's a lady,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and she rocks the entire galaxy. Yeah. So,
0: uh, just the, put the, it out there. The tower, equal opportunities to employers. Yeah. There you go. Yeah.
1: And it is so, in Star Wars Episode Eight where she doesn't reveal the plan, which ends up fucking everything. <laughs> Star Wars Episode Eight, guys. If you haven't seen it, I will. I will <laughs> bear it, the brunt of the wrath here. Don't go watch it. Don't do it. I'm yeah. a Star Wars nut. Yeah, we love our Star Wars. Don't do it. Do me the favour. Don't watch it. Don't <laughs> even look at posters of it. I mean, posters might be okay, actually. I, I've gone too far. Yeah, but... But the film... My God. <laughs> it doesn't have a plot. It doesn't... <laughs> The whole thing is meant to be like a,
0: look, women can lead. but That's the whole not film... the
1: entire thing. That basically is. Yeah, and it... gambling is bad and war is uh, bad. It
0: basically goes, isn't this bad? We know that's a commonly established fact. Yeah. It then just does. Look, this is not the point. That film is very <laughs> silly. has a lot of mistakes. If you don't believe us, go look at other analyses of the film, which isn't Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith loved it a lot. Good for him. I'm glad he enjoyed it. Oh, dear. I'm glad he enjoyed it. If you enjoyed it, I'm glad you enjoyed it. We just didn't. <laughs> there we go. Oh. Covering our bases. So... What do you think happened when the tower expanded across the Damocles Gulf and had success for a while? Uh, well, <clears throat> <laughs> I wouldn't know, please tell you me. You wouldn't know, would you? What a surprise this will be. It turns out the hammer came down again. My God. I know. Who would have not? And actually wrecked him. Uh, <laughs> damn near killed him. Uh, yeah, this wasn't even a full hammer, and it still did a shit ton of damage. And to the point where they actually were saved by Farsight turning up. Again, the- Farsight's... Cool yeah, as fuck. disagrees with the Tampire as a whole to the point where he stormed off didn't storm off he didn't throw it off in a hissy fit he just snuck off and formed his own little place free of ethereal control and yet he'll still turn up to save people because he's a bamf yeah it is cool and not, and it, it not also too much of a goody-goody because he did also quite sneakily execute all the ethereals yeah
1: and it, the, it doesn't also go my god look at Farside yeah. sacrificing everything to save people as it does with unnamed uh, aforementioned <laughs> heroes
0: people we've never complained about before
1: yeah it doesn't make a big deal of it it's
0: just like yeah he turns up to help Yep, awesome fuck shot. yeah yeah he far sides a boy okay so the Imperium throws a wobbly and when the Imperium throws a wobbly it, it it really throws that wobbly like if Chaos had the ability to throw wobblies like this the galaxy would have been torn asunder many years ago
1: I'm not quite sure what you're talking about throwing a wobbly <laughs>
0: Uh, basically, they then went right. If we can't have this, no one can. And they set fire to huge swathes of space with archaeotech—literal fire. Like I say, literal fire. Like either like slightly demonic fire or weird tech fire, and it still burns. Yeah, this is, is
1: crazy. The scorched earth to the nth power.
0: The Admech just set fire to space, and it still <laughs> burns. A Admech, fucking love them. B that's awesome. They also unleashed a metric shit ton of assassins, like unheard of amounts of assassins into a, into the place, going wipe out the Tau leadership. And they actually did. They got Onva, They got the Space Pope. They managed to kill the Space Pope with this. And the Tau don't let anyone know this. They have kept holograms of him and keep the propaganda between that Onvar is somehow still alive. Like the Tau lifespan is actually quite short. And everyone's just glossing over the fact in the Tau Empire that Onvar just keeps on appearing up and being appearing up, appearing and being <laughs> awesome and living and still leading the Tau because he's a fine piece of hope making, not propaganda.
1: Yeah. Just just to clarify, what, what exactly do you mean by space pope?
0: I mean he is the ethereal supreme. He is the grand high muckamuck of the ethereal, so, so he's do, the leader that the him? Very much so. Yeah. like so he's, he's like a holy He is Kind of like a pope, if you will, possibly in space. Does he have a big hat? Yes, he does. Damn right he does. (laughs) Did you have a point with all this?
1: (laughs) No, I just thought we'd talk about that for a little bit.
0: (laughs) He has a hat, he's a pope. Well, just because we we keep saying space pope, people might. We'll quantify the claim of him being a space pope Pope. in that he is very much a pope for the Tao people in space.
1: Yeah.
0: I do also like. He's like the pope of Catholicism. Not Catholicism. Communism. Sorry. He's like the Pope of Communism, there you go. We're making space. a lot of enemies <laughs> across the world here. Yeah, you even lashed out at Star Wars, that was a bad move. I don't know, 8th I think is a pretty safe bet. i <laughs> <laughs> beat to death this book.
1: But with the Space Pope, I do also quite like the Space Pope, because he breaks away again from the whole tower. everyone is equal, because he very clearly isn't.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, the official line is clearly everyone is equal, but yeah. they're not. They're very much not, which is wonderful. Which is a nice piece, and again, it doesn't smack you around the head with it. Going, he's like the supreme leader of everything, he controls everything. just goes, no, 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 it just subtly says these things, which is amazing.
1: Or, if this was modern law... Yep. It would be, he has cameras in everyone's house, which he watches. How unrealistic would that be, having
0: cameras in everyone's house? (laughs) I know, but that's that's like modern law, isn't it? I'm saying we have cameras in every house nowadays, but... This is not me tinfoil foil hat-ing. I'm talking about. I'm talking about phones. I'm just. I'm not saying everyone's watching cameras. I'm just saying there's cameras in every house. God damn it!
1: Look, don't trust anyone. No, big I'm, media's out to get you. I'm. I'm just they're saying they're collecting our data. They're collecting I, our. Lives. Oh, I'm just
0: saying the idea of having cameras in every house is not that unrealistic.
1: <laughs> oh dear. Like okay, how many? How many? And, and all television screens are receivers as well. No, I, like, no, no, because a speaker is essentially a microphone if you do it in
0: reverse. <laughs> No, <laughs> I, I'm just stating a fact. People carry microphones on at <laughs> all way, times. Yeah.
1: the way you said it, the way I said it, was I, know. I only realised
0: once I said it just how tin foil hat I sounded. Oh, gee. oh, oh, boy! Moving on. <laughs> you would not.
1: You'd be picked up. By the Tao police.
0: No, I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> you're saying that the camera's everywhere. <laughs> hey, I'm not saying I disagree <laughs> with the cameras. No, I'm would <laughs> never said that. <laughs> Wait, I did say he's dead. Oh no. Oh no. That was on cameras. Well. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It's on microphone, don't get me wrong, it's recorded. <laughs> right, the fourth sphere. This is where the malaise happened. This is where the Tao got proper sad. Because they were also having fairly large problems in that they had nowhere left to expand to, really. Because of the fire. There was the fire on one side. There was Necrons somewhere else, there were Tyranids elsewhere, there were Orcs at another point. There was nowhere left for them to expand to. Their technology had slowed down a bit when its advances. And their space travel was still shit. Yeah, because
1: think like... Comparatively.
0: Typical
1: typical spacefaring... You mean webway travel.
0: No, no. I know. I know. Old law. Everyone had different ways of traversing quickly, but nowadays most people travel by the webway.
1: Everyone. Everyone has access to the necrons.
0: Webway. Travel through the webway. Not even shitting you. Yeah. Not even shitting you. The necrons travel through the webway nowadays. Yeah.
1: And that's because depending on who the writer is, everyone made it. The emperor made it.
0: The elder made it. No, the elder. The necrons made it. Wait, no, the elder made it. The necrons piggybacked on it.
1: No, no, no the elder didn't make it. Oh, no, maybe the, it was old, the old ones, ones made it. The
0: old ones made it. Sorry. Oh, it's, it's all just
1: stupid because different writers have different opinions on who made what, and if they're your favorite faction and you're writing for your favorite faction, your favorite
0: faction invented everything. The Tower yeah. invented the webway. No, no one's saying the Necrons invented the webway though. I am, <laughs> in my latest journal. I'm not letting you rewrite the law. <laughs> anyway, I will be there to argue but... with you every step of the way. Good. <laughs> <laughs> as,
1: as as I was saying, yep. Tower had just had very conventional space travel in that they freeze everyone. Yep. Then
0: the ships just travel at high speeds. High speed In for like direction? <laughs> planetary speed purposes, but galactic speed is slow as shit. Yeah, compared to anything else. So, but at this point, they managed to make some breakthroughs on that fucking annoying engine they found, and they managed to make their the own warp drive. Managed to make their own warp drives. Because they build up for the but they gather all the resources because whenever they gather for expansions, because each expansion is a lot larger than the last one, just due to the nature of how spheres work and mass and oh yeah, mass. But you know what I mean volume, due to have volume works so each time they need to get like every world gathering as much resources as they can to fuel the next expansion, so any expansion is an empire wide thing, everyone gets invested in it and to boost morale they went, okay you know what let's show off the first usage of our new engines that can travel the stars at you know like absurdly high speeds we can colonise all of space with this kind of power and so they televise it and it was an absolute catastrophe. In that when they the person who made the engine said, Okay, it technically works in small scale stuff, but I'm scared of what it may do with larger scale stuff and more of them at once. That's untested. And the Tau, the Ethereals, decided that wasn't quick enough and they needed this to happen now to maintain a state of happiness amongst the town, to keep them on board with the ideology. And to also, well, it, it clearly worked in the test, so they just couldn't be asked. They were like, look, we need to do this now, to try and cheer the tower up again. And it ripped a hole in space and time, and kind of dragged them possibly into the warp. What it seems to have been is that they built their spaceships without Geller fields. Which, for those of you who don't know what a Geller field is, it's... On the Imperial ships which let them travel through the warp they have to have the field, which tries to protect them from the warp and demons and shit.
1: Otherwise demons will impregnate the ship as if, well as the souls of the people If in you've it.
0: seen Event Horizon the best prequel for 40k that's a pretty good summation of what will happen. If you haven't seen Event Horizon it's horrific shit. The film itself and also what happens to the people. <laughs> um, basically yeah And it was hugely traumatic for the Tau. Massive amounts of... Well, fuck, what do you do now? The malaise hits even harder. That malaise is unstoppable at this stage. And then a good while later, many years pass. And by the way, the hole in real space is still there. It's fairly close to the centre of the Tau Empire. Uh, They get... I think it's like a signal? I think something comes back through the hole in space and time. Like a probe comes back through. Yeah, it's a probe. Yep. Which basically... Um, yeah, sorry. The drone orbiting this anomaly... Oh, sorry, no. The thing sealed. Wormhole sealed. The hole sealed, sorry. Then it reopened again many, many years later and spat a probe out. The drone orbiting this anomaly contained high-level identity codes and micro-phrase security keys dating back to the launch of the Fourth Sphere expansion. But then it also contained a bunch of coordinates far to the north of the tampa Mr. missed a swath of territory known to mankind as the... Kalnath Expanse, but the Tau learned that the fourth sphere was still alive. This is fucking awesome. This is really cool. They managed to then, I think they, they can travel through the, this wormhole now, but for whatever reason it's kind of stabilised, like they can travel through it. Albeit, they do say most people are put in stasis for this, and for the people who are on the ship, it takes not that long, probably like a year or two, but it feels like decades. Absolute decades of unpleasantness. Like it's just that there's nothing that you can quite explain about it. But it's just an extremely daunting and draining trip. Because they are still kind of travelling through the warp, and the people on the other side of it, the people who made it to the other side, are completely scarred. <laughs> the tower on the other, who went through the fourth Ve expansion, are severely traumatized people. The survivors of it, that is. Because a majority of them died in transit. They also do not like any of the... Because the Tower have... Basically, when they introduce new races to the Tower Empire, they actually use them on the front lines or helping out this... the Auxiliaries. Auxiliaries. The Fourth Sphere do not like the auxiliaries. Particularly the human ones. The reasoning for this being is... I believe it was in a book, which came out around this time. Uh, About around the time the Codex came out, documenting what happened to the Fourth Sphere... Uh, They were kind of adrift in the warp with horrific shit going down. At which point they were kind of saved by an entity that turned up and deliberately saved them and sort of fended off other things, which is strongly implied to be the metaphysical embodiment of the greater good. (laughs) This is awesome for so many fucking reasons. Okay, how the warp and how warp uh, the warp and how how the warp and gods work. (laughs) The warp and the warp. How the warp and gods work is the warp is kind of a reflection of emotion. That's the best way to do it: emotion or feelings or that kind of thing. This is how the chaos gods came about. The easiest examples being corn, for example, with just hatred and bloodlust. Or slanesh. Or slanesh. That was the next one we're gonna go to: pride, envy, perfectionism, sex, excess, like. That's a fine reflection of these things. And neither of them are deliberate. Like, to the point where I'm pretty certain that worshipping a Chaos God doesn't really do much. It's how much you act in accordance to that Chaos God that would actually fuel it. And we said earlier how the Tao don't really have they, a presence. They don't have a in presence the in the warp. Because humans have a soul which appears in the warp. Which then, when a Psyche exists, is just like a torch in the darkness a for, shining demons, beacon. for demons to swarm to and to possess. That's why Perils in the Warp happens. The towers just don't register in the warp at all.
1: Hence, why they don't have psychics as well. Hence, why they, they don't know.
0: have psychics as well. That's why they don't have any psychic defense, because they just have nothing to do with the warp. This is also means that while them believing in the greater good doesn't do anything, their human auxiliaries does, because mankind, like, okay, Gork and Mork exist as gods within the warp, like the two moons that are possibly Gork and Mork, Gork and Morka, are fairly small compared to the Chaos gods. They're tiny compared to the chaos gods.
1: Still existent.
0: Still existent, despite the fact there's probably more rocks than people. I would, at a guess, say there's more rocks than people. Is there more rocks than people? Yeah. Yeah. I was there gonna say there, a there must be. Ton yeah, like rocks in the galaxy. Yeah, but it's just because mankind, our souls, for whatever reason, we just resonate with the warp so damn much. Like our emotions fuel it so damn much.
1: Well, going back to when the old ones were in existence and yeah. why they created the humans, going all the way back in that. All lore, the way back. Is that the uh the humans were meant to be uh psychers. Yep. And so are the orcs, so are the Eldar. Yep. And that's why the Eldar had gods, orcs had gods, we have gods.
0: Yep. One of them is now missing their gods. <laughs> <laughs> Not for
1: long. Ah oh, shit. That's Eldar, by the way, guys. Yeah. The soul well, which we will get onto We'll get
0: onto. Anyway. We will get onto. So the human auxiliaries that believe in the greater good have actually caused the greater good to exist <laughs> as an entity in the warp. This is such a fucking good bit of lore. It, can, it understands how the warp works, which is rare these days. It understands how the tower understands human life. It's just so damn awesome. I cannot stress how perfect this bit
1: of lore is. It's brilliant. it comes it comes down to again when you have a new writer on a codex, especially back in the old days when you knew who the writer was. Yep. And through most codices, you can tell by the styling who it is. Yep. If you're familiar with the writer. Yep. I have no idea who wrote this 8th edition of the <laughs> Tau Codex. It is really fucking good. Yeah, it's... And the awesome thing about it is that they have complete comprehension of the Tau and humans and the warp. Yeah. For this to, for this perfect storm to occur. Yeah. And the other thing is, is they have the confidence to wield them. Yep. Because normally what it would be is some guy will get assigned the codex. Ah, oh, shit. Uh, you know, let's say... Um, I
0: usually play... Imperial Guard. Yeah, I'll, or, just, I'll make them like Imperial Guard. Or, or
1: you get like Dark Angels. Yeah. And Dark Angels aren't your faction. Yeah. But you kind of know they're about secrecy and chaos. So you're like, yeah, they, they have all this stuff about chaos and secrecy and that's about it. Yeah. But this is awesome because it says the Tower about this. Yep. The Imperium is about this. Here's what happens. Here's what happens when they interact.
0: It is an unintended consequence of this happening. And then actually has the Tower hate them afterwards. It doesn't say all Tower. It just says the four spear people who have actually been through the warp hate the auxiliaries and there's talk of how they may have forced exile on them may have executed some etc and you go that's that's brilliant that's a that's, that's the best sort of,
1: that. it, we should also point out at this point that the Tao recognised that this greater good entity is entirely wrong
0: yeah they, they, they do not think that the greater good is a thing they don't they it should know not it's, have a body it yeah, should not have power it's an ideology yeah they fully understand it's just an ideology so if they see a physical embodiment of it, it was actually horrifying and scary to them, because they they have some idea about the warp. I it'd believe. be
1: crazy. It, it'd be as if you were walking in a park, and some giant, colossal, powerful being being stepped towards you and said, "I am happiness." You'd be like, "What the fuck? <laughs> it, Get the yeah. fuck away from me! Put <laughs> my trousers off." <laughs> pa-
0: <laughs> particularly if you understood the I warp, etc. Exactly. Anyway, works. I. I, look, I <laughs> I was trying to move on from that very quickly. And the tower, while having made contact, they've gone, hey, look, we made contact, we've expanded elsewhere, it's awesome. They're also trying to keep the fourth sphere in isolation and not let them meet any other of the Tau. Because it doesn't help for the whole greater good, everyone working together, to have this subversive element. And propaganda as well. And propaganda. The propaganda, sorry, the the truth spreading (laughs) mustn't be affected by this. Minor upset by a few upstarts based on unprovable evidence yeah the tower basically retconned it the tower retconned it as best they could so the, that's what they did as well when the um, when the ships initially got um, dragged into the warp they despite the fact they were live streaming it to the entire empire they then released a whole bunch of new footage which showed it working perfectly and did their best to go no it happened like this which is fantastic and you wouldn't argue with it because no, you'd you end fucking up as wouldn't. a gulag like.
1: or in a gulag like, sorry no
0: uh, Do they maybe? have work camps no they have they just kill you no re-education centers. Yeah, and it okay. They have re-education centers. They try and make you think differently. They then have a more stringent version of that. If you don't quite conform, conform, then either if you don't conform, then or if you re-offend again, they then assign you for testing, where they basically start using you for weapons development purposes, or seeing what the effects of this does to things, or how to improve their surgery through extreme means. Oh God! Yes. I, I mean hold on I like grimdark but that's
1: a bit that's a bit strong come it's, on
0: it's very dark it's very fucked up that's it's very, also that's very World War II-y it's also very minor part of what the Tau do because the majority of it is just re-education but it's the in the extreme cases like yeah the, this is a very scary society just very subtly so yeah bloody hell better conform yeah better conform <laughs> it's still better than the Imperium probably <laughs> yep Awesome shit. Not so much the. I'd
1: be very interested to know what the uh, just just entirely side tangent here. Yep. You know how humans have a uh, propensity for psychic ability. Yep. I'd really be interested what happens among the civilian Imperial or sorry human population amongst the Tau, as in if they develop psychic
0: abilities. I imagine they would. I imagine the Tau. A don't like that, and B would be probably interested to see why that happens. And you probably get dissected.
1: I don't know, but I, I like the idea that or there's, there's just uh, yeah, or, or there's just
0: rogue psychers. Oh no, they probably will be that as well. knowingly keep their powers. Oh, no, like the, in I sort of while actually thinking about what it'd be like to be on the run on a Tau world, or be part of you know subversive element on a of the Tau world, because the Tau don't have an iron control. O- they don't have an iron grip over all of their worlds. Some of them they definitely do. Some of them are just there's drones all over the place. Like, not necessarily just there for surveillance, they're doing other things, but it does mean there's cameras everywhere. Could you imagine if there was a nation with cameras basically everywhere? That just couldn't happen these days. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I'm doing my best to try and fight the tinfoil accusations. anyway... <laughs> not succeeding. Not succeeding. But no, it'd be very <laughs> cool to have... Like, the kill is the best place you can explore this kind of thing, where you just go, yeah, one of the kill teams is just, say, a bunch of uh, guard or people... Guard. Basically, people... Who have guard rules, but are meant to be ragtag civilians trying to fight back against the Tau regime, or just they've crossed it for whatever reason? And the Tau kill team per se is the people assigned to hunt them down and kill them. You can do some really awesome shit with that, just from story perspective. Yeah. Th- let's cool. this think. This, this is the other thing. This codex not only raises like just cool stories in of itself. It goes here's cool ideas for stories. It, it raises enough questions or interesting ideas for you to go off and do your own thing, which is great. And you say, "Isn't that what codexes do?" No, look at the Necron codex. Uh, Sad times. Fifth sphere. Did you have anything more to add to that? No? No, no. 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 Fifth sphere. Okay, the fifth sphere is the sphere they're currently kind of on, currently kind of done with, where they've expanded out through this thing called the Star Tide Nexus. That's what they've named it. This because Everything has to have tide in it. Yeah, because Pure Tide was a boss. <laughs> uh, anyway. Because fish people, Henry, fish people.
1: The Watercast really pulled rank on naming things, didn't they? They
0: okay. They also are the people in control of the bombers. I wouldn't argue with them. <laughs> 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 can we entire... can we have the grass cut? Co- oh, sorry, like the, the like I don't know grass tower. No, it's the uh, it's the manta. It's the manta tower. <laughs> but why is everything named after the sea? Because I have the bombs.
1: <laughs> I'd love to believe that there was a civil war. Based around based the naming, on naming. system. <laughs> and the bombers just won it. It's like, alright, fine.
0: You maybe the ethereal's just a bunch of surfer dudes.
1: Maybe they are. Maybe maybe they, they are. Maybe That's they why they're so
0: laid them. back. Yeah. And why they're so menacing deep down. Surfer dudes. Surfer dudes. dudes. <laughs> yeah. They're all about that re-education camps. Anyway.
1: That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, if
0: the surfer dudes come to power and it turns out they're just the ethereals. With mind control and horrific re-education and weapons testing. and
1: Yeah, what if surfing's a wave of... Uh... A way, a way of communication, <laughs> right?
0: Do you want my tinfoil
1: hat? I do. <laughs> I've got my own. <laughs> it's in the shape of a top hat.
0: <laughs> but tinfoil! <laughs> okay, so they expanded out, and they've got a few uh, planets out there now. And that's kind of where we are now. That's through the wormhole, by that's way. Not, the That's through the wormhole. Not surfing. Because they have nowhere left to expand. And it does say, like, you know, they see it as a great way to expand outwards. And then the book just goes, yeah, but also other people are looking at this going, this is a really easy way into the middle of the Tao Empire. In fact, the book understands that's an implication of this, because other codices like the Necron Codex wouldn't get that.
1: It is really cool. But what I'd like to see is not someone using the wormhole to then strike at the heart of the Tao, but someone having a war to try and get through the wormhole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wouldn't just fly straight
0: through. I'm saying they're having a war to try and get there. Yeah, Yeah.
1: that's what I want to see because, you know, the the implications of the book is kind of, if you went through this wormhole, you could do catastrophic things to the town.
0: But it does make it clear that the area around it is heavily fortified. The town, no, that's a weak spot. Oh, yeah,
1: exactly. Which is awesome because as they've opened this wormhole, they've now realised, okay, shit, we have to reinforce the other side of it. Yep. We have to re- reinforce our own side, Yep, but
0: also over there. So to recap, this book has given you reasons to fight the orcs, plenty of them. Reasons to fight the Imperium of Man, plenty of them. It mentions numerous points Tyrion is turning up. Like, it's not so much one of the major events, but they turned up at numerous points.
1: They before. they actually uh, stemmed they, a, a ty- uh, tendril.
0: Yep, with the help of the Imperium at one point. Yeah, which is which cool. was, it was The Imperium weren't even there to help out. The Imperium were turning up. Because they got the signal about Damocles Gulf, but this is like 500 years late. They were just late getting there, or late getting the signal, and turned up to fight the tower. but then the Tyranians were there, so like, ah, fuck it, we've got to fight them off first. And then they fought afterwards. Brilliant shit. That's awesome. Um,
1: the, the Imperium Necron, also died in that, by the way. They did. Which, which is another one of
0: these, like, I hate it when my faction dies. The Imperium did something cool, but now they're dead. <laughs> they fight the Necrons at various points. Um... They haven't had much contact with the Eldar. Maybe the Dark Elder I think turned up at some point or another. And well, they don't don't forget Dark Eldar. Yep.
1: Dark Eldar used the webway yep. to launch strikes anywhere. Yep. So Dark Eldar are one of the easiest I th- ones. I think to... they have turned up a little bit here. Yeah. Um I mean I know in the the Death Guard Death Guard. Dark Elder. uh I think third edition book. Yep. It mentioned they did some raids on the tower. Yep. Like there's one where they raid like a small tower outpost. Which is cool. That's cool, yeah. Um and Eldar, Eldar just have their bloody, stupid psychic messing with the timeline, restoring reboot, fucking feeling everyone's bum cheeks, all those powers. At this moment in time, they're guiding everyone to the ultimate fate of the universe. Yeah. Stop writing Eldar like this. Stop making Eldar like the all-knowing, large, four-headed dickwads of the galaxy. Yeah. Where they know all fates and they're guiding us in this. They shouldn't, shouldn't give the a Eldar, shit about the Imperium of yeah, Man. Yeah, they shouldn't, and no. categorically or categor- historically. Historically, sorry, they didn't. Yeah, they never did. Yeah, and they didn't give a shit about Tau. Yeah, they didn't give a shit about anyone other than the Elder.
0: I can I can see one bit of the Eldar going. Maybe you could try and kickstart the Tau to be a, a tool to use against Chaos. Which one? I'm saying like a small Pin element. Point. I'm Where not, it is? Not too familiar with like the Tau characters as such, but I could imagine one like Tau. Do you not, mean Eldar? Eldar. Imagine one Eldar, not Warlord. What's the name for one the, of their leaders? Autark. Or- one Autark? Exarch. Autark. It's all something Weird. Just there we go. It's a Warlock. I can imagine warlock him. A yeah, with some, some chaps, whatever. Deciding, okay, we're going to need something to help fight the Chaos Gods. This race looks promising. Let's uplift them a little bit. So they're a tool we can potentially I, use I'm later. Sorry, but I still my head is back in old
1: lore. yeah the Eldar the Eldar did Eldar not give a fuck yeah. about anyone yeah. like they would use the imperium as a tool very very occasionally yep. but they also stressed to the utmost that they were not an ally of the humans yep. which upset a lot of people cuz they're like couldn't we all just work together and end the bad no. things no. no because they can't because of the the principles of their characters yeah. the imperium is super xenophobic yeah it doesn't want to ally with any xenos nope. race the elder elder are prideful full of themselves they think everyone else is lesser than them yep and that's why they created slanesh yep that and the sex toys you, you know yeah the, uh, there's a lot of them there's a lot the of them. lords of anal drilling you know <laughs> that's that's their
0: nickname they they, they made slanesh well, what more can you say about them right okay so that that's the majority of like the Tao law done really like the history of the tower. there's the individual bits of law for the units but by and large it's just good like because a lot of... Particularly if you read the Necron... God damn, the Necron Codex. A lot of the I law it, entries...
1: But there's, there's a lot of weakness.
0: There's a lot of really bad law entries where it just goes... Basically, the unit's law entry will just be they are so cool, they shoot, they kill, the thing dies, they shoot, they kill, the thing dies, and they repeat that. Or they just go, its gun does this.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of Death Guard as well. Yeah. They'll describe the gun, they'll no. describe them walking, and they'll describe them firing
0: the gun. Whereas this book actually, for pretty much all the entries, gives you like a bit of history, a bit of what they do and how they work, other than just warfare, which is just great.
1: Side note, yep. cool as fuck artwork.
0: Yeah, the, the artwork in this book is great as it's well. It's an
1: absolutely gorgeous codex. It really is. Like, like I love everything about the Tau Codex to look at it. I mean, you can argue about balance, you can argue about, blah, 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 blah.
0: and people will. The book people itself, will. book itself is beautiful. Yep. Colors, borders, top dollar. Absolutely top dollar. Right? Is, is there anything else we we'll want to discuss about the Tau Codex? We get into news.
1: I would just like to give my final thoughts.
0: Your closing closing statement. My, my closing <laughs> closing. So <laughs> the opening of the closing statement shall now commence. I just want to say
1: that it has been super a... important to us. Yep. To support this book, because in our opinion. Yep. And we're not trying to change your opinion. We're not trying to force our opinion on you. Then no. our opinion. This book is a fucking triumph. Yep. And whoever wrote it... Yep. My God, it's like the, the best th- codex. The law in the this book. The best codex that
0: I've read for 8th. Yeah, of the ones I've read for 8th, this is the best law. And it, it radically updates their law. You know, so we've
1: had the whole Cicatrix maledictum, Yep. Galaxy splits into... Yep. But it doesn't actually change anything, because Reboot Gilliman went round with his elastoplast gun... And, and fixed everything. everything together. Yep. In
0: 60 years. Yep. Look, let's be honest, that many demon incursions won't do much. Yeah. But the Tao did shit. This stuff happened. Their society changed, like, irreversibly. They changed.
1: I changed as a result of them changing.
0: <laughs> it was an emotional time for all of us. It's so good. And
1: from a balanced point of view, because I know we have to talk about rules. We did it last week. People weren't happy. People weren't happy, but let's just talk about it for a Very, second. Very, for a brief moment. Focusing on this book. Yep. Again... I care about friendly games. Yeah. I care about fun games. The main thing I care just, about having yeah. fun. This codex is great. There's a lot of versatility to it. Yep. There is room for high rank play. Yep. There's room for extremely low rank play.
0: Yep. There's room for different play styles as well within that.
1: Oh yeah, there's like, all sorts of shit yeah. you can do. Yeah. I mean, there's a cool list that you've put together that your current army is
0: doing. Yep. Uh, which we will unveil at some point. We will unveil at some point in it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's a, it's, a, it's an interesting little list. So,
1: closing points. Yeah. I wish they gave us the names of the writers. I know that they withheld them because Matt Ward got a load of hate speech, which, again, undeserved. I don't want people to get death threats and stuff like that. But whoever wrote this book... Should be commended. I want to... Yeah, I want to send them some sort of, you
0: know... Small bouquet of of flowers with an artistically drawn picture of my member (laughs) for for their purviewing pleasure. (laughs) No. Small number underneath. Step off. No,
1: I just want to congratulate them on what a fucking awesome book from my perspective.
0: Yeah.
1: The Jedi are evil. The Jedi are evil. And that is the end of the Tau Codex review section. But we have news. We have saucy news. We have news! (laughs) News of which would kill a pirate with
0: its sauciness. I don't know how to follow that one up. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So we there was what was it Novacon? Was it Novacon? It was Nova something. I believe where, Novacon. Where they revealed a bunch of new shit, and a lot of it's cool. Like we have more orc stuff on the way, which we knew was happening anyway because October and the Codex coming up. They showed off their new war buggy game thing, where people fight each other with their. Wall it's buggies. basically Gorka Morka for the new age. Yep, um, they showed off the new war boss on a trike, which is
1: amazing. It's basically Richter's Erectus from the latest Mad Max film. I'm not objecting.
0: Who doesn't mind a bit of Erectus in their life? Who doesn't mind a bit of Mad Max? To salvage that one. (laughs) Um, Awesome stuff. We have the preview of the Blackstone Fortress thing, which is coming up maybe later this year, maybe early next year. We actually have a little
1: bit to talk about from that one. We do. Just a tiny smidge.
0: Tiny smidge. Yeah. I was going to, yeah. yeah.
1: It says that this is going to be a character-based board game. Think... Mixture of RPG
0: and war game.
1: Yeah, mixture of RPG, war game. I'm not quite sure on sort of war band size, like if it's gonna be are you playing an individual model? Yep. Ala, Shade Spire. Yeah. Which based on its description, Shadespire is basically a board game release for Age of Sigma. Yep.
0: It sounds similar.
1: It, yeah, it sounds really yeah. similar to Shadespire. So mm-hmm. I mean Shade Spire was interesting uh, to me, but it kind of lacked a lot of depth. Yep. Because it kind of sold itself as an RPG game. Yep. But it very much was, I go here, I thump stuff, yeah. I go there, yeah, I yeah. thump stuff. As okay. in, I, I was hoping for more like a te- uh, text-based adventure. Yeah, You, know, you see a gem and a golden well, idol, do you remove I, it? I don't know
0: how much uh, mileage you get out of that, considering <laughs> it's based on Warhammer. Warhammer is more of a combat game. A rolling dice yeah. game. Yep. But, but you'd hope for like more RPG, like in character progression, that kind of thing. Like what they're doing with but, Kill Team, kind of.
1: Or talk about Dark Heresy.
0: Or Dark Heresy. You know,
1: Dark Heresy is uh the Dungeons and Dragons equivalent
0: of Warhammer Forty K. Which we are definitely nerdy enough to have played. And my god. We've played it. it. It's, it's I love great. it. Yeah. If you, I think it's great. If you have a group of friends who are happy to do something like that, go ahead and play Dark Heresy. It's great shit. It's really good. It we we really have good. stories from that we can really tell at another stage, but now's not the time, but it's great shit. It's great shit. Yeah. So uh, yeah,
1: hopefully this Blackstone Fortune will be like that. Yep. Yeah. They've mentioned that there's going to be characters.
0: There's mentioned there's going to be characters and new models for chaos.
1: Now firstly, yep. uh people are saying these are gonna be new chaos space marines, yep. which are gonna replace the troop option in the chaos space marine army. That's what people are kinda of talking about.
0: That's what we people are hoping for. People are hoping for.
1: Yeah. I raise a little red
0: flag. Yep. Which is doubt. The the red flag of doubt is up in yeah. The old Cole felt doubt is back. It's back. Uh because if we look at Shade yep,
1: the warband size, the hero size, bop, yep. bop, 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 bop. It's not going to be a 10-man unit of Kirst Space Marines.
0: I, I don't know. We don't know what size they're going for. Yeah.
1: My, my interpretation is I don't believe it's going to be that size. Yep. So I'm not sure how much like, these new models... They have
0: work. said characters and smaller things as well. They have said characters. Yeah. And, Charac- characters, and characters, also other stuff. Characters is so, the more important part, though. Yeah.
1: Because... Yep. One of the theorised characters for a very long time now... Yep. ...is Abaddon. Yes.
0: Or Abaddon. Yep. As some people like to say. Or Falberdon. Falberdon. Or Babby Horace. Yeah, or that shit with the hair. That shit with the hair, ponytail. Sorry, ponytail. Yeah, whose arms keep falling off?
1: I don't think. Well, okay, if they include Abaddon. Yep. Again, I kind of feel that's going to be a strange. It's going to be a
0: weird way to introduce
1: him because, yeah, he should be at the helm or the head yep. of a massive chaos space. <laughs> yeah, game yeah. Release like when they do the next Codex. Yeah,
0: that's about when Abaddon should turn up.
1: Abaddon should get a new model. Next thing is, if he's in this Black Fortress game. Yep. And it's not meant to be about armies. Yep. It's very clearly warbands. Yep. What sort of fucking
0: power level are it's we talking about? like, what other characters are there here? Is there, yeah. is there going to be Yvrain and uh, Reboot turning up? Yeah, Mortarion. Mortarion's in it. Mortarion would be a bit of a bitch in this scenario, let's be fair. He would be Molly one. <laughs> He'd be the Aaron whipping Ron. boy.
1: Yeah. But if... I mean, is Abaddon the big bad in the box? I don't know. I, and, no, no, because we're, we're yeah. talking about it. Yeah. And uh, your response... Yep. I will, I will tell everyone your <laughs> response. I might paraphrase a little... You basically said Abaddon is going to be the big bad of the box, yep, like the Silver Summoner or whatever his name was in Shadespire. Yep. However, it'll just be a figment of him, or a (laughs) hologram, (laughs) or it'll be like a weaker version of him, but then he teleports off. Like, you didn't really I was only planning to meddle. (laughs) My 14th Black Crusade (laughs) was this. All right. Yeah, so the whole game is going to be about a small crew. Yep. We don't know the size. We don't know the power level. Like, but the
0: main tr- the main thing to get excited for is new chaos models. New chaos models, which might be sexy,
1: and they might give us an inclination—that's uh, not it. no uh, a divination, no. yep, into a, what the future chaos space marines will look like. Because yep. currently, they're out of scale; they're badly shaped.
0: Yeah, look, get the current chaos models. We still weep. Okay, Fuck it! I've been waiting for chaos chosen models for most of my life. At this point, we haven't got them. <laughs> Yeah, we're I mean, n- we're be, I'm not even saying a new kit. Something. I'm just asking for a kit. Yeah, no, we're not going to get one. It's not going to happen. Then we'll get to the the proper news the the news which got me hyped. I'm glad that when you started with
1: an H, <laughs> it ended with hyped. Well, <laughs> basically, this is awesome.
0: This is fantastic shit, and this is the only time you'll hear us say this. But we're excited for something for age of Sigma. I, I'm not going to say this the only time. Well, yeah, they may happen again. Because Age of Sigma, it's not all terrible. It's not. not the Tree People. Tree People, they the nailed mountain. it. Yeah. Ilarial, Great pair of bosoms. I don't know who that is, but I approve of the general idea. <laughs> <laughs> I approve of the concept. Yeah. Okay, so it is Wrath and Rapture, which is a new box set coming out. First of all, if you haven't seen the little teaser trailer for it, go watch the teaser trailer. Because I watched this... And went holy shit! This is amazing. I showed it to Henry here. He watched it and went holy shit! This is amazing. We'll explain why after this. I will give you one second to pause it, and that was your second. Now, if you haven't gone off and watched it, let's talk through. Basically, all those of you who can't be asked, let's be honest here, it's a teaser trailer showing a bunch of imagery of corn demons fighting Zlaneshi demons, specifically demonettes, bloodletters fighting demonettes, or bloodletters on was it blood crushers? Yeah. Fighting demonets. Juggernauts, juggernauts. Juggernauts. Of that's it.
1: I think they're called Blood Crushers. The whole thing is a Blood Crusher,
0: but a Juggernaut is the horse, the steed. I think so, yeah. It's been a while since I read a Demon Codex. Been a while. And basically, you have Demonet narrating, which is important, because Slanesh has always been who gives a fuck when it comes to Games Workshop. Slanesh has been in the backseat
1: for a very long time. Yeah. To the point where they, um, back when GW was run by the fucking banker. I'll find his name out and I'll throw poo at him one day. Oh, <laughs> shit in my own hand and you, throw it at him. Death threats, no. Throwing shit at people, that's fine. Hey, death death threats, come on. That's serious. Yeah. That's nasty. Throwing poo at it's someone. Just, it's just a fun. It's a bit of fun. Yeah. Monkeys do it. <laughs> Monkeys are funny. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'll throw a bit of poo at this guy. Yeah. Because they, for a long time, it very much seemed like they were going to phase Slonesh out. Because Slonesh is. All about perfection, yeah.
0: But teeters on the edge of nipple well, clamps and perversion. Basically, Zanesh is or... excess, and if you understand Zanesh and how it works, like arguably we do, you understand this inv- involves the whole obsessive perfectionism, the vanity, the like. There's a whole bunch of stuff which is as well as the weird sex. But yeah. if you don't know what Zanesh is about, you just go. Uh, models have tits and they're about sex I guess that's what it is now and you just a, a, a lot of lore towards a lot of started yeah. just becoming like
1: yeah they just basically get get their rod on with everything
0: pretty much that's what that's what a lot of lore was at times because no one knew how to handle Sinesh which was a right which, pain in the ass It, it yeah it's not Sleinesh, just for the readers
1: Sinesh requires delicacy yeah to get and it done and also properly. with the whole like it's all about sex and it makes it really weird if you have a Sinesh army yeah like it is kind of weird it's like you're just collecting a load of like gimps and perverts like Dark Elder had the same problem yep uh, I think in 5th edition
0: Mm.
1: where they basically went they're all just nipple pasty wearing bastards yep getting their torches on hooking you know steel into their flesh and orgasming while battling it was like that's really weird I don't want to touch that while I'm playing I don't want to (laughs) model that I don't want to paint that (laughs) yeah it's just it all gets a bit weird like it's a bit uncomfortable to
0: be playing like,
1: I want my miniature wargaming to be about wargaming, yep. not about perversity.
0: Anyway, so we, we have uh, Demonet doing the voiceover, which, admittedly, maybe yep. partly because having a bloodletter do the voiceover could be difficult, maybe? It'd also be silly. It'd also be silly. <laughs> but they have a Demonette who manages to be menacing, which is important, and this whole sort of build-up, which is great, and then just, just like build-up, 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 and then shows Wrath and Rapture on screen, like the logo. Yes. What are you telling me to go on? With the parting line. <laughs> with the parting line, Did You Miss Us. Albeit perfectly delivered by that voice actress. Because it is creepy and menacing in perfect measure while also playing with how Zanesh has been in Age of Sigma and also in 40k. Because in 40k, okay, there was the old demonettes and the new demonettes. The old demonettes were just basically, look, they're slightly weird, with jubblies out. Their faces are kind of meant to be pretty, but also still visibly alien. And their forearms turn into weird crab-like claws, which are clearly kind of demonic. At which point, the came a point where they have made... It was th- basically weird boner town. It was basically weird boner town, albeit more, slightly more emphasis on the weird... Like forty But also
1: bonatern. Yeah, like fifty one percent. Welcome to, the, to Bonatown. Fifty
0: one percent weird, forty nine percent town. They then brought in the plastic models and they went, We probably want to take, you know, tits out of the game if we want to be trying to sell this to kids, etc. You go, fair enough.
1: It was quite a bold strategy for a while. Like it, it was. It was like, selling selling models. It was.
0: Um anyway, <laughs> so you then <laughs> you then have the new models for Silesh which don't work. Like basically Because what, the tits have gone. A the tits have gone. Yeah. B, they then decided well the tits are going, let's just Let's not try and make them you know pretty, those would be like Eldar, let's make them kinda of like ugly, etc. And it's no no, it's like it's like magic which makes people think they're pretty. And then the claws have like shrunk right down to be tiny and not very scary. They're kinda of like needly scythey things. But not needly or scythey. they're just like tiny, like they're shit. They used to be like the fucking length of a man's arm, almost. Yeah. Blades hanging off of these things For These forearms were just these huge colossal claw blade things. And, okay, they're trying to make them otherworldly and alien-like. Except they didn't bother. Like, if you were going to do this, I would have made them like more long-limbed and creepy. Like, that'd be a way to take them if you're going to go for this otherworldly route. Yep. But they didn't do that. They just didn't bother. It's just kind of women in corsets with, like, weird crab tall things that just aren't very scary or creepy. I'd, I'd or say weird. the main thing
1: that ruins them is the hair. And the hair is shit, They yeah. just hair is just stuck up behind them and
0: in a fan. Yeah, and like, okay, you compare That's it to Esher. Escher does it better <laughs> the hair. Yeah, sorry, right. I thought you were talking about MC Escher. No, I'm on, about, I'm on about Necromunda. This is a 40k podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, it's even more important for fantasy, though. Because, okay, and Zalinesh has been shit in 40k for a long while. Not the rules so much, because they've had some good stuff, but I'm saying like the Zalinesh demons and models have been shit. Like, we've just generally, we're always the worst faction. Like, Zinch demons see play, Korn demons see play, Nurgle demons definitely see play. The Zalinesh ones just don't. It matters a shit ton for the Age of Sigma, because Slaanesh has just been imprisoned for all of Age of Sigma. Sigmar. To the, he's been imprisoned to being basically harvested for souls by the elves. Long story. And to the point where he's not even considered a Chaos God. There's the three Chaos Gods, with the fourth Chaos God being the Great Horned Rat of the Skaven nowadays.
1: Now, I do actually want to touch upon this. Yep. Because I don't think we're going to do a Slaanesh special after this one. Not no. Mainly the Age of Sigmar Slash. Yeah, yeah, we might do 40k. Yeah,
0: yeah, at some point in the
1: future. But but Age of Sigma Slash. Yep. Uh, Slash is still the same guy. Yeah, He wants the souls of the elves. The elves. Because they took elves and they put an A in front of it, but the A is silent so they could copyright it. I refuse. I will say elves. Elves. Elves.
0: Get the elves. Ah, oh, now Get the elves, John. Sigma, save us.
1: It's fun to do an American accent. It really is. It, it's yeah. fun. Um... So Slaanesh consumed all the souls of the elves when the old world died. It exploded. Yep. Some could say it was upsetting. (laughs) (laughs) Slaanesh's purpose purpose in the old world. Now, forget 40k exists, forget everything beyond the old world. Yep. It was just high high fantasy. Yep. When the elves were destroyed, all their souls would go to Slaanesh. Same with the Eldar, same with Dark Eldar. Yep. Uh, and the idea is that
0: Sanesh gets all their souls so he becomes even more
1: powerful. Yep. When the old world exploded. Did he get
0: their souls? Because I know he just turned up and ate a bunch of them, like pretty much all of them at the end of End Times. I don't know if he got their souls when they died.
1: Okay, but. Either way, either, he ate a way, shit ton of elves. Either way, he gets a shit ton of el, 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 elves. Elves and souls, so the vast majority. He gets a shit ton of them. But then he gets bloated and fat because he's eaten too many souls and he becomes lazy. And he can't really move around. Oh, you, know oh, earlier, you know how we mentioned earlier.
0: You know I mentioned earlier how, like, the Chaos Gods—the Warp—is kind of a reflection of emotions and motivation, etc. The Chaos Gods are like the embodiment of those emotions, etc. They're not physical beings; they are as much their realm as they are the yeah. thing which represents many, them. Many
1: times stated. Like Enslinesh is the god of excess. Of excess. If there was one god that would gorge himself and never be full. It's this entire
0: thing. Like, his court is meant to be one of the most ridiculously fantastical, amazingly over-the-top, joyous places, and it's completely hollow for him. Because he's done with it. Like, yeah. there's nothing which can keep his attention, because he's done everything and is bored of it.
1: Slanesh is really tortured, if you think about it. Oh, yeah. It's... Nothing brings joy to Slanesh. Yeah. Nothing. Th- there's, <sighs> there's, like, a small moment of whimsy, fleeting whimsy. Maybe now and again. Maybe one of his champions decapitate someone or some when awesome
0: something happens which
1: is good enough for him like yeah anyway so he gorges himself yep. he becomes too full Age of Sigmar writes his magical pony with his fucking amulet from a star dragon rewrites the universe brings back chaos and Slanesh comes back still too full still too full which is weird <laughs> yeah, considering he, he was destroyed. he brought
0: the elves back but, the ales back but left the, but ales? the ales souls in Slanesh anyway um, yeah so he's full of el- elven souls
1: yep He's really fat. He's gorged. He's no longer a god, despite the fact that he achieved ultimate victory. Yeah, this would be like if if Corn caused the universe to be split in, into an unending bloody war. Yeah, but actually, Corn hates it because Corn yep. doesn't really like violence. No, like so. Yeah, so there's just some fat kid in a cage now. Yeah, because the masterful Elves. four ales have been trapping him and feeding like souls. Techless, for- techless the- Marathi. Yep. Have been feeding off of his power. Yep, feeding off the souls. Uh, Sarnesh also regurgitated several
0: elves. Yep, yeah, which then became the Daughters of Cain. Yeah. so Which Morathi yeah. made... Uh, weird so, stuff.
1: So basically, Sarnesh went from being the Prince of Darkness... Yep. ...to being big fat boy Magoo. Yeah, Fatter than Nurgle. Yep. And then now he's in a cage and they're poking him with a stick to make him sick up elves. Yep. He used to be a fucking God, the god yeah. of sex, depravity, pride, martial prowess, you yeah. know I, I know that's Korn's territory as Both well. Perfectionism, perfectionism. Yeah. yeah. He's reduced to cinder. Yep. Yeah. he's reduced to nothing. And this is after years and years and years of Sinesh being
0: neglected. like this really is the end times for Sinesh. He's on so, his way out. People people were I was one of them. I thought my God was getting squatted. Because he wasn't really relevant to forty k law, Age of Sigmar was doing its best to kill him, and there were strong arguments for why uh, Warhammer as the as a whole would maybe be better off without Zanesh in there. As, because like,
1: because it's a tricky topic. It's for a tricky topic. To navigate, like we yeah. said, like if you go too far for the perversion, it's yeah. not child friendly. Hell no. And back when the banker or wanker oh, <laughs> clever wordplay was in charge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he said that the whole of Games Workshop was geared towards selling towards children. Yeah. He just wanted kids to be involved. He didn't want adults, he just wanted kids. Yeah. Sounds bad when you say it like that. It does. I'm <laughs> but... going to get sued. Yeah. <laughs> as long as we don't mention the name. Nope. <laughs> so Selesh was on his way out. Yep. Selesh is, by the way, Alan's god is Selesh. Yeah. My god is Nurgle. Yep. Like, we just, we've just we always been polarised. Love these gods. Yeah. All the other gods are just kind of grey- they, they to don't, us, yeah, like, but they the, don't those the, those are
0: the two which sang to us, never resonated
1: with us since. So Slaneesh has been dying slowly on the doorstep. Yep. And another thing, just to mention for context. For, oh no, I wasn't going to say that. You you mentioned context.
0: Which context? Sorry, I, I thought you were elaborating more because this is all context. Oh for no, this. no no no. What, what I was
1: going to say yep. is a big thing for Slaneesh and slash dying. Yep. Is that Fulgrim? Yep. Fulgrim is the greatest Primarch because he killed another Primarch. He. Yep. And he put Reboot Gilliman In- into stasis for ten thousand years, and that's Yuck. the closest we're going to get to killing him, guys. It is. It is. Like, Fuck yes. Like th- I- this is
0: the man who has just turned up, met you know, Magnus the Demon Primarch who rewrites realities. Beat the shit out of him. Bumps into Mortarian, the toughest Primarch ever was. He beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Fulgrim, mm- before he even became a Demon Primarch, put him into stasis for ten thousand years. That's so
1: fucking cool. Like Fulgrim is the greatest Primarch to have lived. Period. Because if we look, at, we look at the score sheet, <laughs> Horus took out Sanguinus and and gravely wounded the Emperor. Yeah,
0: you know, like spoiler. That, that's a better spoiler. <laughs> spoiler. for those of you who aren't familiar <laughs> <laughs> with <That laughs> the chap <trap laughs> on the golden throne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it may be new to you.
1: Um, yeah, okay. So Horus was the best one. Yeah, clear. I'll give him that. Yeah,
0: of the other Primarchs but though, Fulgrim.
1: Like, I always see the Horus and the Emperor is like two. They're above the yeah. guys, yeah. Fulgrim is the best one. He even has my respect, because Mortarion, again, he was really cool in the Heresy. Yep. Absolute bitch boy in 40k. Sadly. Really sad. Um, so, if Slaanesh died in fantasy, yep. because of the tie-in with 40k, he yep. would die in 40k. Yeah. If they axed him there, they'd ax him there as well. And the other thing, and this is getting really wide now, yep. is that Slaanesh is closely linked to the Eldar. Yep. And the Eldar, at the minute, aren't written very well. Spoiler! So when they have things like the soul well, your yeah. brain, yeah. And all that fucking bullshit and the fucking god that's going to come back from the dead, I can't remember which one it is, but it's coming.
0: Yeah.
1: Um we'll get his name some point. And of the other if...
0: souls go to the soul well. No, I don't think it does. I think some chap yeah. ate your fucking pantheon and is getting them bitches. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. why, that's why you do develop the soulstone stuff. But you it... had to make that because your souls go to an evil god now.
1: Yeah You get rid of Slaanesh You rob the Eldar of character A lot of the history goes The Eldar then get another fucking god The Eldar then Jink around as but they do th- They
0: also had like When the Psychiatrix Maledictum turns up It then removes The Eye of Terror As being important
1: And Which, the Eye yeah,
0: The Eye of Terror Was formed when Slaanesh was born So there's, basically There was a Fuck ton of clues In celebration of his birth
1: The universe itself went Whoa fuck that <laughs> <laughs> And surrendered real space <laughs> now
0: That was the Eldar That was the Eldar stronghold right there That was where most of the Eldar were Yeah got fucked on and
1: yeah so they were gonna kill Slaanesh it looked like it 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 really looked like and then we have this video yeah and then with the whole did you miss us yes it is the cheekiest dirtiest (laughs) line because it's so fucking good because yes we've missed you like we've missed you and it's so good because it makes you feel sad yeah it makes you feel sad that what Slaanesh has been but then there's kind of that roaring sensation within you yes Yes! fuck yes (laughs) Along with, because
0: it's delivered creepily, like, ah. Yeah, it's just it, so perfect.
1: It's not it, like a, did you miss
0: us? We it, just it, went down to the shop. It says dark, mysterious, did you miss us? It's menacing you as shit. Bastards. Like, bastards. both of us were like, that's quite, that's an okay trailer. And then you have, oh, there's the, there's the thing, that's quite cool. And then that final line is like, yes! Yes! It's a hook. It's an absolute hook. It's amazing. Oh, like, and they've said that there's new models in it for both... Corn and Slanesh. Everyone's a winner. Everyone's a winner. Hooray for Corn, but mainly hooray for Slanesh because Slanesh. All the models need reworking. I'm going to be honest. Like yeah, the demonets. We need better stuff. The Seekers of Slanesh are the hideous. The Seekers are hideous as fuck. Shit. The that fucking like pile Chariot. of blades thing. Chariot. The lawnmower. Yeah, the lawnmower. Which by the way, I I hate the law for that because um basically it was a lawnmower until the two demonets. Stopped mowing the lawn and ran off and ran people down. And Slanesh was so pleased that he didn't kill them, and then they were used forever since because Slanesh didn't think of using it that way. Fuck off! Slanesh thinks of using anything, any fucking which way, <laughs> oh, beyond yeah. the ways which you can understand. Oh, yeah. All right, like he would that have thought that giant pile of blades could be used to kill people. Believe me, fucking idiots. Anyway, that needs reworking. The Keep of Secrets. I fucking love that model. I want a new one. Like I am, I am so
1: excited. Yeah. If they do a full range, yes. A demonettes i'm looking forward to an actual good-looking kit because yep. in the pictures they look cool yep like it's it's a little bit like they're they're good-looking women again yep slightly demonic eyes yep great that's what they should be like not too far one way not yep. too far the other yep uh second thing is that keeper of secrets is greatly dated it i'm so yeah. excited because all the new models like oh, yeah. the like, Nogal line the thousand
0: Sons, i've loved yep. them Like cause as well because they, they have done the zangles are new Yep. You have the new Blue Horrors. You have the new Keeper uh, Lord of Change. You have the new um, Pox Walkers. You have the new Great Unclean Re- one. Yeah, the Great Unclean was amazing.
1: Beasts of Nurgle. Yeah, Beasts of Nurgle's a little. Uh, I'm the, not sure if I like them yet. The new
0: Bloodthirst is fucking gorgeous. Yeah, that thing is porn. Model porn. That is model. porn. Spoke about it before. It, it exists. It's a thing. As is the bell <laughs> on the Great Unclean one. Damn right. The bell's that is. amazing. Check out that one. Check out that bell. So be careful am, what you Google. Yes, I am fucking excited for this news and stuff. And also what this means is because I've been saying for the past few months fuck it longer than that. Since we've had basically Mortarian back, I've been going, I really want Emperor's Children Codex, and I really want Fulgrim to be back. And I have actually had doubt about this. Cause it seems like the kind of thing where they'd introduce they'd happily introduce like up to Angron and just kind of forget to introduce the Emperor's Children. They would then start doing ninth edition or yeah. move on to something else and then update other things. And they'd be like, it's on its way and it never quite happens. This gives me a shit ton of hope This makes me believe we are getting Emperor's Children in 2019. I'm so fucking excited for this.
1: I hope it happens. I, oh, but the other telltale sign of that they're axing Slash is when they brought back the Archeon new model. Yep. Uh, there was three heads on his dragon.
0: Representing the three Chaos Gods. Nurgle,
1: Zinch, Corn. No yep. head of Slash. People no. joked it was beneath the loincloth, <laughs> which was funny, yeah. but ultimately a lie.
0: Yeah. Or maybe a true... Maybe, maybe it's been retconned into reality. Oh, there goes gravity.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're high as kites. Yeah. And we're looking forward to the new Selesh coming and, out.
0: And, you know, and we were also hoping that Fulgrim would be in full Naga form. Cause, yeah. Cause there's, there's, as I say, there's been discussion. Look, people don't quite know what Fulgrim is, the writers especially. Um, so we didn't know how he'd be turning up. Uh, the thing we were all hoping for is full Naga, so like... Snake body. Upper a, a half man with four arms. As in that that's four separate arms, not be, but just excessive amounts of forearm. Yeah. Um with the lower half being a snake thing. And we've had it's I think it's in the Chaos Codex where they mention Lucius is rocking around sort of on the outer edges of space with this horrific giant serpent. Serpentine thing. monster. Yeah.
1: Which is unless it's talking about his penis. Entirely possible. Entirely possible. Weird way of advertising. (laughs) (laughs) But I really hope it's full of Yeah, And because they've nailed it with every model, I'm super excited for what they do. The Primarchs, they've nailed it so far. Four-armed snake Primarch, demon Primarch. On paper, it doesn't sound that good. Mm. I I reckon they can pull it off. I reckon they can pull anything off. Very slim, of them. And that (laughs) is the true conclusion of this episode. Thank you for joining us. Tune in next week for more exciting reveals and news with us the BGD that
0: would be the Brothers Grimdark for those of you at home <laughs>